This is the MLW Radio Network. What's going on, ladies and gentlemen? It's your boy, Blackheart, the head honcho off the Top Roast Podcast. If you love independent and professional wrestling and like all the juicy gossip of the wrestling industry, then look no further than here, OTTR Headquarters. You can catch us on Facebook, Twitch, and Facebook groups, and whatever that you get your podcast from with our, with our latest Last Week of Wrestling, After Darts, Under Boss's Hard Taste, and now our new upcoming trivia game show, Wrestling Every, coming soon. So if you like what you've seen, you love professional wrestling, you love independent wrestling, you love everything about wrestling just yourself, give us a tune. You know, you would not regret it. Blackheart out. Everyone knows a lot of things can change in the span of 10 years. But when it comes to professional wrestling podcasting, one thing is still guaranteed. The Shining Wizards is the only place to get all the latest wrestling news, interviews with the greatest guests, and of course, tons of laughs in discussing the world of wrestling. The show is still available on Monday nights at 7 p.m. East on RantDMRadio.com and Rant Entertainment Media on the TuneIn app. And it's still available on all podcasting platforms. To check us out, head over to ShiningWizards.com where it's still wrestling talk and talk about wrestling. Are you tired of prediction shows? Do you want to fantasy book the companies? Does Bigfoot even really exist? If you answered yes to any of those questions, then check out the podcast that isn't a podcast. Every Tuesday and Thursday, the standing streamer stands and delivers as he and Vanessa talk about all that's going on in pro wrestling today. Plus, see in-depth conversations with people in and around the wrestling world as guests share their stories and insights about making it in the business. The Putting You Over Podcast. Putting your weeknights over every Tuesday and Thursday. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening and good night. My name is Thomas and what's your name? Uh, I'm Alan. Alan. Oh, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. We're brothers. That's right. Yeah, yeah the mother, same mother and father. Your room was... Oh, we shared a room. Shared a room. For we shared a room. Thought I knew your face. Yeah, we so go maybe. way back, mate. Yeah. yeah. We should do a podcast then. Uh, we have. We do, we do a podcast. We do a podcast. What's it called? The Broadcast. Yeah, that was planned. Yeah, yeah, well. What do we do? Well, we cover all different things in the world of pop culture. We're talking about comic books, we're talking about professional wrestling, and we're talking about movies. Go back and watch classic retro wrestling events, the likes of WWE, WCW, and if you do like that, you can check us out on Apple iTunes, also on Podbean, Anchor, and on Podknife. Also, check us out on Twitter, at The Broadcast. That's B-R-O. Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. Ending. Yeah, it's all right. Good on you. Yeah. Instagram also at the Broadcast Podcast. Remember, we don't spell it with a C. We spell it with a K. Sorry, mate. Take it easy. Two Heels and a Face Wrestling Podcast believes wrestling is a buffet. There's something there for everyone. These guys cover local Chicago indie scene, and all of their episodes can be found at twoheelsandaface.com. The number two heelsandaface.com Welcome to another episode of the Front Row Material Brand. My name is Mike Freeland. I'll be your pilot this evening. Please make sure you, at the end of this podcast, have your tray tables in the upright position and don't leave anything behind you. I am always joined by my follically challenged friend. His name? The Rit. The Rit. And also our good friend from up north. He's in a foreign country, but you know what? We still feel like he's family. He is the butt. But how you doing, buddy? I'm doing well. 
pretty much how it is. You know what? I got no complaints. Oh, I, I got no care. complaints. No one would want to hear them either. No. But we also have a very special guest joining us on the panel tonight. Uh, this is this is right in her wheelhouse, and this is Casey joining us. Casey, how are you tonight? I'm very excited to be here. Just happy to be a part of the conversation. <laughs> Good. We will be uh, introducing you as the show goes on tonight, but letting you guys know, once again, we are brought to you by the MLW Radio Network. We have a series of shows that air on the MLW Radio Network, once again, overbooked, which most recently an episode just dropped, and the writ was very happy and surprised about that. So that's available for download right now anywhere you get your fine podcasts. And Headlines, which is the daily podcast that gives you all the late-breaking news and the headlines in the world of wrestling. And this is the panel. So... For those of you who are new listening to this, the panel is basically a conversation that we have about different topics in the world of wrestling, and we like to get everyone's opinion on them. So without any further ado, let's go ahead and get right into it. Uh, first thing I, I want to say before I actually bring in the topic is, what is something that has piqued your interest in wrestling in the last week or so-ish? I'll start off with the Rit. Rit, what's, uh, what's kind of piquing your interest here? Oh, Triple H bringing war games to Survivor Series. Man, I can't, I can't. This has been a while in the making. I can't wait to actually see what the main roster will look like with war games, SmackDown versus Raw. You know, uh, and I'm, I'm excited for it. Yeah, I think it's going to be really exciting because we're now officially starting to see Triple H put his fingerprints on the company itself, right? We've seen him bring back certain people. We are getting the tease that NXT 2.0 uh, will be going back to, or at least to some version of the black and gold, which I think a lot of people are excited about. Um, Butster, what's uh, what's your take? What is on the tip of your mind when you think about wrestling right now? Is there any hot burning questions? I guess it's still the fallout from the um, CM Punk Christoph backstage with Kenny and the Bucks and Ace, whatever his name, and that. You know, the what's going to be the fallout from that? There's still a lot going to come from it, I think. That's not over. No, it, it's definitely it not. And right something. now, as everyone knows, uh, the Bucks and Kenny have been told to stay home. Um, they have brought back some people already, which is a good thing. Michael Nakazawa is back. Um, obviously, Brandon Cutler is back as well. So it's just a matter of time, I think, before we see uh, the Bucks and Kenny come back. But I think it's interesting here. Uh, Casey, let me get you in on this one. They're not being promoted on the poster for full gear. That's in November. So what is that kind of telling everybody? Is that is that foreshadow or was that just, hey, we need to cover our bases because we don't know how long this is going to last? It's probably a mixture of both. I'm sure that, that, you know, they have to promote it because it is coming up and, you know, they don't know where the state of everyone or everything is going to be. I'm sure that they're handling that privately, but for the time being, they have to just kind of continue going like nothing's wrong. Um, so, yeah, it could be a mixture of both of those things. I think it's difficult, too, because I think a lot of us, we want finality to all of this because we want to be able to move on. Like, what's going to happen? Um, it's interesting when we talk about the media scrum at that point, CM Punk knew he was injured, right, as he was talking. And he even made the comment, I'm old, I'm hurt, I'm grumpy, whatever. But 
he knew he was hurt. Now, I don't know if he knew to what extent, but it's just very interesting that if he in his mind at least knew, you know what, I'm going to be out for a while. This injury is really, really bad. I'm going to get everything off my chest now because it'll be way past the fact if I wait till I come back to say something like this. But let me ask you this question. Do you feel like that was almost in some ways premeditated in a way? Or do you think this was just him being him? I honestly think it was a boiling point. I think we were starting to see signs and starting to see cracks within the promotion and, you know, within the what was going on backstage, little hints here and there. And I think that just maybe a couple of bops to the head. He was just like, you know what? Fuck it. Let's <laughs> let, let's just put it all out there. So I... Yeah, I think it was it was not premeditated, but I think that he had those thoughts and he was just it was the perfect moment and just decided to let it all out. He had an opportunity. Yep. He had a captive audience. He knew it was streaming live. He knew he had the full effect. Um, but what's what's your take on that? Do you feel like in some ways it was just him being him or do you think, you know, he thought about some of this stuff before he stepped up to the podium? Uh, it's definitely been on his mind. Uh, I doubt somebody just sits there in a press conference and that's what pops into his head to say. You, you like to think people generally don't want to just stir the pot for the sake of stirring the pot. However, he's got a history of being a baby, for lack of better words. Like if he doesn't get his way, he pitches a bit of a hissy fit and has his tantrum. That's always been a knock on him. He did with the pipe bomb in WWE. EF, whatever they were then. Punk's he's he's difficult. If he does if he's not getting his way, he'll pitch a Jesus big fit and, and throw a tantrum. It's not a good look for him. I I don't think it was necessarily premeditated. I just think he's he's just an asshole. And it came out plain and simple in that he just I think that was his true colors. I'm yeah. not happy, I'm not getting my way. I'm going to pitch a fit and see what happens. Unfortunately, there are better ways to do it. You know, I, mean, I, I come from a, a hockey boxing, you know, if there was an issue, it always got handled. But it was, the coaches were gone. The doors were locked. Figured out, you know, right or wrong, whether it be with your mouth or occasionally, yeah, sure, it, it turned into a bit of a, a fisticuff, for better or for worse, but you sort it out that way behind closed doors, in there, your issues out. You know, because you don't want it makes the whole organization look bad. And especially when here you got your what, four of your biggest stars in the whole promotion, and they're brawling around in the background and, and they're suspended. Three of them just won a title, you know, and three of them are EVPs or whatever they are office people it just makes everything look bad it makes it look mickey mouse unfortunately he should have handled it better he should have handled it like an adult well i tell you what uh i have some sources within chicago land wrestling uh ritster you know these people as well and uh without naming names because it doesn't need to be uh put out there uh but we have a couple of people that i've talked to uh within the independent scene as well that have said they have come across um, a Punk, obviously, when he was on the Indies before Ring of Honor. And uh, a leopard doesn't change their spots, is what they've said to me. And it doesn't seem like it's one of those situations where he's changed a whole lot over the years, right? I, I think we all can agree, at a certain point in our life, 
as an adult, unless something major happens, we're pretty much going to be who we are. And not to say that he can't draw money, but I think playing well with others. Uh, but I think your wife would know that very, very well. Uh, I think Casey, you would know that very well. Rit, you have children, you know that well. And, and I teach high school. So everyone has to work well with others. Do you feel, let me throw this at you, Rit, do you feel like some people, despite how successful they are, they draw a lot of money, but they make everyone really awkward and difficult to be with that person because they just do not get it? Uh, first off, in the wrestling business, it takes more than just you to make money, to draw money. Uh, CM Punk, you know, he said in the press conference about people trying to push him down the mid card. Man, he should be grateful that he's even getting paid that amount of money to even be mid card when he's always hurt. You know, he's been back for a year and he's wrestled, you know, what, a possibly six matches total you know uh so you got to learn to play with others because you got to build up stars to make yourself continue to be a star uh i think tony khan made the right call after the fact to where that wednesday night on dynamite nobody was mentioned by name they were taken out of the video package for dynamite right away. Mm-hmm. So, you know, they're Tony Khan's taking this seriously. Eric Bischoff made a good point where Eric said flat out, I would have grabbed the mic and told him to leave the podium before, because you're making not only AEW, not only the EBPs, but Tony Khan himself a bad name because he put all that into place. So with CM Punk, like disrespecting the locker and saying he's a bunch of they're a bunch of kids. He's just in there with them because he's not the one that's playing well with others. He's not the one trying to make money with everybody else. You know, it takes more than just him to draw the draw a crowd. You know, it's interesting, Casey. Let me ask you in on this one. He made the comment and uh, he said, you know, MJF. You know, he made many comments and, and said he's a child and I have to work with all these assholes, but. You, you don't shit where you eat, um, if, if I'm quoting that correctly. Isn't, like, the pot calling the kettle black in that same exact thing? I mean, I, I literally watched that live, and I sat there and I thought, do you, do you realize that you're what you're saying right now? So w- what was your take? Were there any comments, in your opinion, that you thought were, wow, that was way further than it needed to go? I mean, the entire thing was just such a cringe moment. I mean, um, I had said I had been invited to another podcast and we were kind of talking about it. And I said, you know, I would never talk about the or talk about things the way he did in front of my boss. Like if this were like a business setting, I would never be that disrespectful in front of my superiors. And the fact that he was saying all of that in front of Tony Khan, the owner of this company and it was, it just made Tony Khan look bad. And it, you know, it seemed just really uncomfortable for everyone involved. So I think everything that he said was super, super uncalled for. Um, and yeah, I was everything that he said, I was like, I can't, 
I've tried to like block all of it out at this point because I'm like I'm so done with CM Punk. <laughs> I was like I'm so done as you know it was it's just caused so many issues um, and it's taking away focus from what we're all trying to enjoy, which is wrestling, right? You know, as much as I love drama, I'm kind of over it <laughs> at this point. I, I mean, I don't I don't disagree at all. I think all of us would mutually agree that we like it when it's the pre pre-rehearsed or pre-scripted type of drama, right? But when it starts to, and I know they like to blur the lines, right? And they have often used that phrase. We want to blur the lines and that's great. But I almost feel like, and this kind of leads us into one of our topics as far as AEW and some of its difficulties, right? With its talent. Do we feel like there's not a cohesive one message that's being sent out to everyone, meaning, you know what? This is what we're doing. This is the way this is. Um, and unfortunately, it sounds like some conversations are starting to uh, either be shared or information in private conversations might be told to other people within confidence. And we've noticed this, at least we've noticed this, what CM Punk alluded to. And Tony Khan said, I shouldn't have said anything to Nick, um, which once again, I don't know if it was Nick Halsman he was referring to um, regarding the story or if it was... Um, Nick Jackson, but once again, there was a slip, and then obviously the Malachi Black situation, if all of you guys have read what he put on social media, um, I don't know how much you can read into it, but let's just play devil's advocate, and let's say there was a little bit slippage of tongue, somebody said something they probably shouldn't have, do you feel like in some ways, I'll start off with the but, do you feel like sometimes Tony Khan, despite all of the great things he does, he does cause some of his own problems? Oh my god, yes. Uh, he causes 95% of it. Uh, he has some great people there that he could be using to help facilitate you know, the day-to-day -day activities, the matchmaking, everything else. He seems to want to take everything on himself. Kudos to him. If you can, fill your boots, but it's not, not working out well. I'm afraid that AEW... Is turning into WCW 2.0. We've just, talked about that it's before. It's just getting it, kind of stupid now. We, we've talked uh, about there's, that. There's too much bullshit going on. You know, the locker room seems to be a bit of a mess. There's drama going on. And sooner or later, it's going to implode. Because if you look at what they're doing versus what WCW did, it's a carbon copy, man. Bringing in the WWE talent, pushing them, throwing out the money. And, yeah, it's good and it's fun for a bit, but sooner or later, the wheels fall off the wagon and it goes just goes to straight to hell in a handbasket. That's what they're getting at. Tony Khan is not controlling the organization. He's playing matchmaker. He needs somebody to come in with, the, at this point, almost an iron fist and lay down the law. Enough of the nonsense. Enough of the bullshit. Here, get on board. We're better to Jesus out of here and back to the Indies and we're finished. That's what they need at this point right now because there's too much foolishness going on. He's Ritz, let it get out of hand. Ritzter, let me ask you this. Would you also echo those same sentiments, meaning, you know, as much as Tony Khan has done some great things, and he has, and he's very much a rah-rah person um, for the company, which I think is great, and he's a, a fan of wrestling, which I think is also a big thing, but I think you also have to pull that back a little bit, right? You can't fanboy out too much. Do you feel like, in some ways, 
he says way too much than he should say, and he should just be more of the figurehead behind the scenes type of guy. Uh, definitely. Tony, he he wants to be a people pleaser, and you can't please everybody. You, you know, you can't go and say, I'm just going to throw something out there. You can't go and say to CM Punk, hey, I, I understand where you're coming from. Uh, you know, the, the EVPs aren't doing their job. They're trying to bury you. And then go on the other side to, you know, the elite, Kenny and the Bucks, and say, yeah, I get what you're saying. CM Punk, you know, he's, he's in for business for himself. You can't play both sides of the field. you got to be impartial, down the middle, one decision or another. You can't sit there and, you know, dilly-dally back and forth, flip-flop, because guess what? If what uh, what they said was true, and could be Tony is the one that's slipping up and telling everybody's business to each other, you know, that's not good because now you have, your owner is doing stuff that you shouldn't be doing. The one thing with WWE, they always had that one person – that was impartial. He went straight and it was Vince. Yep. You know, he, he didn't sit there and, you know, yeah, he had his favorites, but I don't see Vince having his favorites as like Tony does. Vince had his favorites of, okay, you're going to come to me. Like, uh, like Sean always said, he skipped the line to, to make, have meetings with him. You know why everybody else, you know, was waiting. Okay. That's showing initiative. You know, I'll sit and listen to you. I'll I'll take the respect, you know, your respect and the consideration. But if you're going to go off the deep end, I'm going to put you in your place, too. And that's something that I don't see Tony being able to do on his own. He I have to follow with butt and he needs to bring someone in that will control all this. And there isn't someone there that can do that right now. Well, Casey, let me get your take on this. So, you know, it seems like we're all kind of converging on this one road we're going down. You know, wasn't this kind of something that it appeared that Cody wanted? Cody was the guy who was experienced in wrestling. Cody was friends with Tony. Cody wanted to be at least the person who helped him along to some degree with all of this kind of stuff, being the son of Dusty and and seeing the way things work in many promotions. Um, And he, it sounds like, uh, you know, really wasn't for that. What do you think is going on as far as Tony's concerned? Do you think we will see other people being able to be promoted or do you still think it will be the Tony show for all intents and purposes? I mean, there's definitely, you can see it now more than ever. There's a lack of focus. You know, he, I agree in that he does pander because I don't know if y'all are office fans where he says, is it better to be feared or be loved? And he's like, I want people to fear how much they love me. I feel like he, <laughs> he just wants to be loved because yeah, he's a, he's a fanboy. He loves wrestling. He loves the wrestlers that he has. Um, but there's no authority that he carries. And so I would hope that he would start bringing in some people. Like one thing I noticed about the media scrub is after CM Punk and all that drama He's sitting there texting Chris Jericho like, oh, I'm, j- I'm just letting him know that he needs to come down now. I was like, why doesn't he have an assistant or somebody doing that for him? Why did he have to be the Good one point. to like sit there and text in front of all this media press? I was like, here's your CEO like, oh, hold on. I'm sending him a text right now. I was like, that should have been somebody else handling that or get getting Chris Jericho ready to come up um, if that was going to be the case. Um, so even just that small little detail just you can tell that he's a little bit of a control freak. He wants to have his hand in everything and he's spinning all these plates. 
um, and everything's failing because, you know, you can't master of none. You're, you're not putting your efforts into one thing. You're losing focus and the product's going to suffer at the end of the day. Now, you guys all know that there was a big backstage meeting that had happened. John Moxley was one who had lead it. Uh, Brian Danielson was in there as well. Um, but also, uh, I'm trying to think of who else uh, was a big leader in that conversation. Rid, help me out here. So Danielson, Moxley, and Jericho as well. Yeah. And they had a big coming to Jesus conversation. And, you know, they basically said, okay, this, this all stops now. And we saw the big promo that Moxley did on Dynamite, obviously, two weeks ago. Mm -hmm. Do you feel like Moxley, and this goes to Ritt, Moxley is the new undertaker, if you will, meaning the new leader of the of the locker room because he wants to? Or do you feel like it has to happen? So it's, it's kind of being dumped at his feet in some way. Uh, I wouldn't say, in my opinion, Moxley would be the undertaker. I would sit there and go along more along the lines of Jericho would be because of, you know, his tenure. Moxley, I think, just got that speech and the time and the, you know, the callback because they need somebody to put in a picture with MJF and Jericho and MJF already had their, their thing. No one wants to see Jericho in the title picture again. So it came down to, in my opinion, Brian or Moxley, and you know Moxley Moxley got the call because he was he was there and he's Moxley's passion, he, he has passion for that for the business, you know everybody sits there and wants to talk about the pillars of AEW, Moxley was there almost at the beginning, you know, he he was the first big big guy that uh, signed the jump ship. You know, he's very passionate. Now, don't don't get me wrong. Brian Danielson is very passionate also, but he's he already said he's not worried about a title. You know, he wants to have good matches and he wants to bring the talent up. And, you know, with those three spearheading the locker room, you you got to get on board. If you if you can't sit there with all their knowledge put together and, and and not not to even say you got Regal there too, you know, you got you, if you can't get on board now after everything that has been going on, then maybe that's not the pl place for you. Maybe you should go back to the Indies, you know. Maybe you should go to go over to Impact. But if you're gonna have, to have the same mindset going into any locker room, it's not good for you. Well said. Um, but let me ask you this. You know, when it comes to all of these things that are happening right now, it, we've heard that news has come out that things have calmed down and things have been much better in the last two weeks. And they have been leading up to all of this hoopla with CM Punk and him being back in the company. We had once seen a promo cut by Eddie Kingston, and I'm a big Eddie Kingston person. I like Eddie. Um, I think he speaks with a lot of passion. I think he makes it really believable because I think with Eddie, I don't really think a whole lot of it is is acting. I think Eddie is Eddie is what you see is what you get with Eddie. Uh, we saw the promo when he when he cut on the chocolate chip cookie, which I thought was freaking fantastic. Um, he also did something about Sour Patch Kids one time, and it was just like, wow, that's awesome. But he cut a promo, if you remember, during his feud with CM Punk. When he got in Punk's face and said, I'm going to tell you something that no one else in the back is going to say. No one wants you here, so get out and leave. 
Now, no one seemed to say anything about that when that comment was made. Do you think that that was the sentiment of people backstage, or do you think that was something that was just put into the promo for their program? I'd say it was probably something that was not being said that they felt like, because here we are not that long after, and it kind of came to fruition. It did. So I'd say it was probably kicked around in the back. People didn't want to step on toes, you know. He's the big guy. He's being pushed. Let's not ruffle feathers or whatever. Eddie Kingston, well, let's be honest. We all know he doesn't care. He'll say whatever the hell he wants. You don't like it? Meh. That, that's life. I mean, he's fantastic like that. God love him. Where's his heart on the sleeve? Uh, if I were to guess, I'd say he, he spoke the truth. And now, however much later, look where we are. Uh, CM Punk is irritated the shit out of everybody, and he's pitched a fit, and, well, people don't like him. So I'd say Kingston was right on the money. Casey, let me ask you this. Do you think this was now, – now that we can see things, obviously hindsight's twenty twenty, right? You know, everything looks clear after the fact, after the storm settles. But when we look at Cody leaving, do you think now we as fans have a better idea of maybe why Cody decided to leave? Or do you think that maybe not necessarily? I think we are starting to see. I think for a long time um... – with AW starting, people were excited and no one really wanted to say anything negative about it um, because it was new. It was exciting. It was different. Um, and then, of course, looking at WWE's product at the time, like it wasn't at its best. And so people were wanting to support it as best as possible. And like it's like, no, no one say anything negative. And one thing I had written when you'd sent the topics, I was like, oh, let me look up what Big Swole had said. Because if y'all remember when Big Swole came out and people buried her because she was talking about how, you know, there was a lack of structure and, you know, women, she did touch on diversity, but she was talking about how there was a lack of structure and it's very loose backstage and she didn't like that vibe. And people got upset about her and she got buried and Tony Khan said, well, it's because you're a bad wrestler. I think with Cody leaving and, you know, reading all these comments, it, it's you're starting to see the truth behind it. It's like, yeah, I can see, you know, it's okay to say something negative, you know, if you're wanting it to improve. And that's basically what they've been kind of avoiding. And I think now it's all come to the surface and we're starting to see it's okay to say that something's not go going well backstage, or it's okay to say that there's some issues as long as you're addressing them. And I think that that's where we're at with this next stage is I think we need to see what we can do to move forward to continue creating a better backstage community. So we, we, we don't lose this product and, and, you know, we as fans will be at a loss, you know, if, if, if this goes all downhill. Well, I want to stick with you on this one because I want to bring up uh, Sammy Guevara. Now, a lot of people had been worried or concerned that Sammy Guevara may be, uh, starting to slowly tease that he may be on his way out of AEW. I don't know if anybody watched. I saw the vlog and uh, I watched it and he talked about a lot of things. He even brought up the Cody situation. He said, you know, I've done everything I can do. I'm not really quite sure people, why people were booing me. And I think he was speaking from the heart in some ways. Uh, but I think the Ty Conte stuff, the making out all the time, I think enough is enough with that. But we often talk about, you know, they compared with New Japan Pro Wrestling, the pillars, right? And we, in the beginning, the pillars were uh, Darby Allen, 
CM Punk, um, MJF, and then who was the other one? Was it Britt? I was going to say, was Britt considered a pillar or no? Was Maybe maybe Britt was. When I'm was trying. CM Punk one of the pillars? No, 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 no. So the, the concept was the younger generation that no, were going to be the future for the company. But, but you said CM Punk. You said CM Punk. Oh, I did? I, oh, geez. Jeez. <laughs> He's got I don't even know what brain. I'm saying. <laughs> I know. So, sorry. Let's, let's try that again. So, Sammy Guevara, Darby Allen, MJF. Oh, Jungle Boy as well. I'm sorry. That's yeah. what I left out. Jungle Boy. And then you're, you're right. And then there was some conversation about, is from the female perspective, Britt Baker as well. Then we started to get the idea, or at least it was hinted that Sammy was going to be going. And Sammy obviously said, no, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to restart everything. I'm going to repackage in myself and come back and, and yada, yada. But do you feel like if you are going to say that these people are supposed to be the future of the company, that you should be making sure that these people are um, prominently shown and displayed properly and they are going to be in your promotional stuff and all of these kinds of things. And I feel like in some ways, you know, Darby – it used to be a huge, huge deal, and now he's done a lot more stuff on Rampage and then Dark as well. And it really doesn't seem like he's being pushed. He's kind of getting that cycle. Like when with WWE, it was that 50-50 booking, right? 50% of the time, they'd be behind you, and 50% of the time, it would be like you're sitting in catering. So, Casey, let me ask you this. As we sit right now, who do you think are the pillars that AEW can count on to stick around and to be the the groundwork, if you will, the the foundation of the company moving forward from this date. I think it's a lot of the same. I think Jungle Boy would probably stay within within you know AW and MJF and um, uh, who else? I think yeah, I was like MJF, um, Jungle Darby? Boy, Dart. I don't know. I feel like Darby, especially following him on all his social media and stuff, I feel like he's dipping into a lot of other stuff, you know, like his evil Knievel of uh, riding a tiny tricycle over a home and, What's you know, riding big wheels and all that yeah. stuff. Holy crap. <laughs> I think really, you still ride big wheels. <laughs> we'll talk. There's some really big wheels, too. Very big. <laughs> yes. Thank you, Rick. Exactly. So I feel Thanks like he is, he's is searching for. I get he might not be getting what he used to that thrill. He seems like he's like a thrill chaser. So I, he seems like he he could take his interests in another direction, maybe not even res, wrestling related, um, you know, stunts and everything. Um, so I don't know. I don't see him really sticking around, but I definitely see MJF, Britt, um, maybe Jade, too. I don't I, I don't know. I may maybe they hold, really- on. hold on. Hold on. Hold on. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. I don't this know. Gonna start a big brew hockey on your first oh, title job. Here we go. Casey can stay full time job. <laughs> oh my goodness. She she brought up Jade in the conversation. Uh, I need a drink. Oh no. Hold on. Okay, okay. Let let's clarify something really quickly here. So Casey, are you in uh Camp Jade? I am for any female wrestler. I feel okay. like women's wrestling in general needs to constantly be supportive, whether, you know, supported because we're always at a disadvantage women in general. Um, so I, I am, I, I support her. I think she's come a long way from where she was when she first started. I don't feel like she's been given enough opportunity to, to get better. You know, if you're having all these squash matches, 
of course she's not going to look good because she's only having four minute matches, two minute matches, one minute match. Like, how are you ever going to improve? Um, and one thing I've, I talked to my husband about a lot, I was like, I wonder what their training is backstage. Cause you know, we know how WWE has a performance center. So I'm sure the women are able to work with each other a lot more often. I was like, I don't know if AW has any kind of training where they're able to work with each other and figure stuff out before they get on stage. So yeah, I, was, I think it just continuously puts Jade and other female wrestlers in AEW at a disadvantage um, because they don't have that communication and they don't have that practice time prior. Of course, you're going to look like shit when you get up there. Um, so, yeah, I, I am team Jade, though. So you so you're t- and man, you put that so eloquently. Um, so I agree with the women wrestling as a whole, and I think you're right. I think we haven't seen the best of Jade. Why? Because she's not really going against anybody who's really challenging her to bring out what we hope that she has, you know, we're hoping that she's going to be the franchise player, right? That's, that's mm-hmm. the goal. That's the hope. Um, but she does need to be getting in there more with the lions and needing to see what she can do. Now, with that being said, I think she's still very new and I think she is still very green in some regards. I think time is definitely going to help her. But once again, you're right. Getting the reps is the big deal. I don't really understand this concept of this almost Goldberg Esque streak type of deal. Like I, I get it in some way, it hypes somebody up, but is anybody really following the whole wins and losses? And like this is a big thing. Like this is the streak. Um, but let me ask you this: I know you're not pro Jade, which is fine. Nope. What I'm going to say is this: Do you feel like she is being showcased in the best possible way that can make her reach her ultimate potential? right now no um if this they need to have her learn she she's she she's not good (laughs) i don't know how else to put it she's she's not okay not being mean she's just right she is the female goldberg handful of moves three four minute matches let's move on okay that's it but do you not want her to improve to where she can carry a 10, 15, 20-minute match? That would be better. Jersey Devil, that's enough of it. <laughs> it's, they got to do something more with her because she has peak for, for right now. Uh, okay. She's a great athlete, and I think she could be a very good wrestler. She's just not there yet. They need to develop her more. They can't keep this gimmick going if she just goes in, smashes people, and is done. It's not going to fly. It'll only go for so long. And, well, some people are not going to be fans of her already. You can't tell me I'm the only one. No, you know, you're not. You're definitely not. You got some very valid points as well for your reasons to not be maybe on her side right now. But let me throw this out to the Ritster. We've heard recently in news that it sounds like AEW may be pulling back a little bit from the whole wins and losses, maybe the rankings, all of that kind of stuff. You know, these were the foundational things that Tony Khan said that they were going to be making different in the company and that were really important to the company. Do you feel like at this point in time, fans themselves are following these quote-unquote rankings as much as maybe Tony believes they're important because – I don't necessarily think that these rankings necessarily have a whole lot to do with who's going to be the next 
up and comer or who the next title contender is going to be? What's your thoughts on the rankings? Uh, I think the diehards are paying attention. Uh, just so you can possibly see what matchups and what uh, matches you could possibly see in the future. You know, uh, you, you sit there and you're looking at, I, I don't know the rankings off the top of my head, but you, you sit there and look at, oh, you know, uh, such and such is can sit there and is get closer to a possible title shot against, you know, such and such. Man, that that might be a good such match. and such is my favorite wrestler, <laughs> by the way. I am so glad you're giving me specifics, Rit. This well, is I, I, I'm, I, I'm not, you are okay. this close to being my mother right now. I talked to Whatchamacallit the other day, and they talked to so and so. Okay, AEW. Hold on, let's sit there He's and gonna get... pull it up. <laughs> oh, here we go. Here we go. Oh my, here we go. Bam. Wait, that's some June. Goodness. Why the uh, Ritz pulling ten. up that information? Yeah, he has uh, the receipts. He's got to show them. <laughs> oh, yes, got, got those yes. receipts. So we're also going to be talking about more about the women's division as well. Um, there's so many things I want to talk about because I feel like the Britt Baker Jamie Hader Rebel situation. I have been just dying for this thing to implode for a long time. And to really see Jamie Hayter emerge as the one, because I think anybody who's watched Jamie Hayter work knows that she is a complete badass. She is great on the microphone. She is somebody who I feel does not need to be in anyone's shadow. And I really would love to see her get the opportunity to break away from that. I think we're starting to see that. Um, but once okay. again, it just depends on who's selling the most merch. That seems to be who Tony goes with. All right, let's go back to the writ and, uh, Let's go full screen because I gotta I gotta hear this. Oh, okay. <laughs> now these rankings are ridiculous for one. Uh they got for the they show the men's champions, Moxley, Warlow, and Pack. Oh and for the love of Pete, please, everyone, wrestling world. Stop calling him Pac. I know <laughs> X Pac was a big deal. We've talked to Sean Waltman. It's Pac. Like a six pack, what he has. Pack. Pack. All right, back to the rhythm. But it, it says the contenders are Hangman Page, Powerhouse Hobbs, Jay Lethal, and Darby Allen. So I am completely confused here of what all that is. Like, who are they ranking for what title? But. Like, Jay Lethal's lost how many matches in a row? So why is he ranked up there? Darby Allen works more tag team than he does anything else with Sting. I don't know why he's up there. Like, I don't get these powerhouse Hobbs. I would love to see him up there. You know? I, I got, Okay, I got to rant about powerhouse Hobbs and Ricky Starks in a little bit. We'll get to that. Oh, don't say Ricky Starks unless you... Okay, you know what? Let me, let me tell you something. Pose. I tried to do that pose... I tried to do that pose the other night, and uh, I lost my balance, and I fell uh, onto the wall, and I knocked the uh, our oscillating fan down. I got hurt doing that pose, so you know what? I'm not doing any more poses. It's ridiculous. Don't do poses in socks on Berber carpeting. Never, <laughs> never works. Get the socks that have that little traction on them that they give you when they're in the hospital. Use those. That you, you in that posing. Are we ever going to see the butt do a pose? But no. you, let's full screen this shit. Come on, Butster. Give me a pose. Look at that. No. 
Look at that luscious beard. I mean, come on, man. Come on, scissor me, daddy ass. Come on. Uh, well, first of all, first of all, if you hold on, if I'll you give you a pose in a minute, it, but it's only one finger. If you were, oh god, if this you thought you were going cold, <laughs> if you thought you were going to get the butt on the acclaimed train, right? Scissor me, daddy butt. Oh man. Oh no. <laughs> That's not going to work. That's not going to help the situation. Ah, no, ah, sorry. Ah, yes. <laughs> I love it. This is obnoxious oh. and it's so juvenile. But you know what? I like it because I host the show. So that's the way it is. Seriously, Casey, do you have nothing better to do on a Tuesday night? It's either this, this or NXT. <laughs> oh, my God. I'm telling you. I'm telling you right now. I am... I got the vision. I had a feeling she was going to be amazing. She's killing it right now. So when you guys hear this, when this drops, obviously, on audio, let us know your thoughts right now because I think she's doing an amazing job. Her studio obviously looks way better. I have a, <laughs> I have a tray table. I'm not going to show it to you. <laughs> I have a tray table. I have my snowball microphone, and there is a lamp that is directly in front of me, which I took the shade off so it illuminates more, which clearly is Bush League as it gets. She has her own studio. Um, the Ritster, what's, uh, what's going on in the background with yours? Let's get full screen on that shit. What do we got here? We got some pictures there. Huh? Is that a window behind you? I like the curtains. The <laughs> curtains are nice. Yeah, those are nice curtains. I'll, I'll, I'll have to tell her that you guys like the curtains. Very nice. The missus does a very nice job. And let's do this as well. We've done this before with, uh, with the ass man. Um, his wife is an artist and I'm a big Bob Ross fan. So, Look at all these beautiful paintings that she has made here. Can, is there any way we can get a little action on these paintings? Can you little do a tilt a whirl with the camis? Let's see what I can do here. The camski. Look at this. Look oh. at that. Is that Merle Haggard? Oh my god. That is a uh, Gord Downey, tragically hip. Canadian wow. man. Love it. Wow. Is that a cat? Is that a cat impression up there? That's her cat. She painted her cat. I what, love that. I love what, cats. <laughs> when you say her cat, that's not like the cat's no longer with us and the cat's in the wood. No, he's out in the living room. Oh, okay. Good. He's sitting in my recliner. Okay. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Okay, thank God. I thought no, this was some type my, of... My man, Jersey Devil. <laughs> I can't... This is, this is terrible. Well, no, because they're there, so... <laughs> I'm freaking believable. Um, where in the world were we? Uh, we, so you were, you were, we were not sure what was going on with these rankings, right? So you yes. had the rankings, but you really weren't sure what they were associated with, correct? Correct. Like the women's rankings were a little more clearer. You know, they had Tony Storm and my girl Jade as champions, and then like they had Britt Baker, Athena, Akira Shida, and Jamie Hader were the top ones. Okay. Jamie oh, in that specific order? Yeah. Jamie's that low? Oh, uh, Sheeta, Athena, and Britt Baker above her. That's wild. That's tisk, 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 tisk. I tell you why. That's different. Well, and you know, I feel like the rankings still don't mean anything, especially for the women's division, because when Tony Storm won, what was their first match? It was against Penelope Ford. Like, why mm -hmm. wasn't it against any one of those women that you just mentioned, the ones that are higher ranked? Why was it Penelope Ford, of all people, her first match as women's champion? It didn't make any sense. 
It doesn't. The rankings really don't mean anything. Yeah. At the beginning, they kind of did, and it was a little bit interesting. Now I think it's just, it's a novelty that they do, but it it means nothing, realistically. And and my big thing about Jade isn't the streak she's on in the matches she's having now. My I'm more worried about what's going to happen to her and what are they going to do with her after her first loss. Yeah. Because l- look at Goldberg. He was built up amazing after his first loss. They had no idea what to do with him. Yeah, well, in his defense, okay, the shit show they did at Star, well, it's a Starcade with the meh, the that yeah. whole thing. That was just really he lost because he got electrocuted. Like I get it, it's wrestling, right? It's not, it's not real. But I mean, he Wait, lost the match because he got electrocuted. What is this like the Mountie? What is this nineteen ninety two? Like. What's wrong with the Nothing's wrong with the Mountie. I love the mounted <laughs> Canadian police. Yes. They're they're good people. Do they really ride horses? Yes. They don't have cop cars. Well, they have cop cars too, but there's there's horses. Okay. And, and they always two horses here in Kingston. Don't say it, Kingston police. And they always get their man. They do. Wow, wow. Let me ask you this, Casey. Without getting too personal, how old are you? I just turned 32 on Sunday. Happy belated birthday. Thank you. Fantastic. Fantastic. Where where are you in the region of uh, the U.S. of A.? Texas and South Texas. So if you look at the state of Texas, I am on the like little bitty tip of Texas, like right by the border. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Down by El Paso? No, way for like by South Padre Island in Mexico, like all the way down on the tip of Texas. So are you a uh, so let's get to know you a little bit more before we jump back into these things. Um, If you were to choose a baseball team, who are we talking with? The Astros, the Rangers? I mean, if you had to. Whichever one has the better uniforms. I don't I always go by my, my husband laughs at me because I'm like, oh, I like the Jaguars. I like their their helmets. They're cute. Like, you know. You look like a Red Sox fan. Oh, a Red well, I do like Red Sox. Oh. <laughs> no, but yeah, I mean, I, I, sports-wise, yeah, I'm, I don't really follow it. Cowboys, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> Whoa. Sorry to hear that. Yeah, oh my yeah, god. I mean, oh my gosh. We so, don't have we don't have much to root for in Texas, okay, well, sports wise. <laughs> but I will say this though, the food is fantastic in Texas, I oh, heard. Yeah. Yes. So what is the main cuisine in so what is the name of the town you're in? Harlingen. It sounds like Arlington, but it's not Arlington. It's Harlingen. Harlingen. So if someone were was to, to come on down to Harlingen or what would they do down in Harlingen? Is there You'd go to the other cities that are near Harlingen because <laughs> there's not much to do. Harlingen's kind of like the center. And then, you know, we have South Padre Island, which is the beach. It's about 30 minutes away from here. And then McAllen's more of that city, you know, city life and uh, shopping and everything. So anytime we want to do anything fun, we just go a little bit further out. Um, so the it's all the Rio Grande Valley. It's just... Yeah. <laughs> Very scenic, I imagine. Yeah, lots of palm trees and tacos. So, so. <laughs> oh, I like that. Uh, any rattlesnakes? Uh... Uh, thankfully not, but we have a lot of tequaches, possums. <laughs> oh, possums. Okay. Lots of possums running around. Um, yeah. I, I got to ask you this question, and I mean this with all sincerity because I'm very serious about this. 
I need to know your honest thoughts. And either one of you jabronis, don't say anything, okay? Let her answer this without any any Uh-oh. input. Your thoughts on aliens? On aliens? Yes. We cannot be the only intelligent Thanks. life forms in this whole entire galaxy. I'm sorry. <laughs> I believe. Now, with that being said, since you're team alien with me, because I do believe with science, with everything we're learning, Sasquatch, what's your thoughts? Has, has a Sasquatch ever been seen in any parts of Texas? Oh, in Texas? No. We no, have one, uh, one in Cincinnati. You, oh. and this is what happens to people who talk mean to me. Goodbye. Oh, no. <laughs> continue, continue. <laughs> But yeah, no, no, no Bigfoot <laughs> around here. There's not enough uh, foliage or coverage. That's for them a good. To walk around. <laughs> that's a good point. Where okay. would the Bigfoot hide? Because because the butt up in Canada, okay, millions of acres of forests and whatnot. The butt, you do believe something's out there. Am I correct? No. Oh, oh no. There's no aliens there, either. Oh, okay, Freeland. Can, can yeah. I ask the next question? Yes, ask the next question. Okay, Casey, here we go. This is a group job interview. I love it. This this, this here is all the marbles. You you got a nice big fat burger. What is your deal with these cliche? Oh god, yes. why? Yes. You, you no. have a yes. no. you have a big Casey, fat burger. Casey, hey, no, click no. off the feed. Leave oh, right no. now because guess what? You're. Anyways, oh no! <laughs> so, I like where this so, is going. You had me a burger. So Casey, yes. you have a big you have a big fat burger, all the toppings. Okay. Your lettuce, your tomato, your bacon, your cheese. Yes. Okay. You it gets served to you. It's on the plate. Do you just pick it up all at once and eat it? Or do you go and grab for the knife and cut it in half? Why why are you wasting your time with utensils? Like it Oh is... my God. Yeah. Oh my I'm God. Sorry. Oh my God! Please, we have you know a little what? thing here in Texas called Waterburger, and <laughs> I was like, "You, yeah, you need both hands, and you just, mm-hmm. yeah, we don't dilly dally with utensils. You just gotta eat the burger." Did you hear that? <laughs> You're gonna Sorry. have to add dilly dally to your <laughs> list of whatchamacallits and yickamadoodles and whatever else you say, Rit, because she just said. No utensils. That's right. I'm so sorry. Was that the wrong answer? No, that's the right (laughs) answer. (laughs) Because you're a confident person, and I like confident people. Okay. They consider me to be. Oh, look look at the writ now. He he ups his tail and leaves. Oh, no. no. I'm good. I'm I'm just here for entertainment and to make sarcastic comments every once in a while. So I I, I thought she was doing good. She was all down to the, the scissor me daddy. You know, hashtag no knives. Hashtag just because she says scissors doesn't mean knives. Okay, (laughs) two separate things, Ritster. When you're a preschool teacher, you realize these things. Yep. I am Dwayne. I am Dwayne. Is in here once again. Dwayne, go ahead and tell us uh, where is Dwayne from again? Philippines. He is from the. Wow. Yeah, he's hitting us up from the Philippines. That's fantastic. Very cool. There was one guy who listens to the show, and he's always in a hotel room somewhere, right? Jim McMahon? Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah J- J- He Jim was McMahon. in a hotel room once. Uh, the the, the bear. let it go. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Long time no see. You're right, but we are back. The panel is – I'm going to make this comment right now because, gosh, I've been waiting to do this for a long time. 
The panel's back, kids. Better than ever. Better than ever, folks. All right. Just wanted to say that. I got a text. Yeah, buddy. Uh, oh, I know. I know. I'm, I know what I'm doing. Hey, listen. That's my pipe bomb. Now, listen. Here's the other thing I'll say. I just got uh, an unsolicited uh, DM. What? What you? What not? From somebody. And um, yeah, I will share with that later on. But I got a a DM from the uh, the person the person and they're not very happy right now i've evidently been a very bad person been a very bad boy i'll get to a little bit of that later on uh let's go ahead and let's jump back into the conversation here we're going to continue with the uh the panel interview here but another thing i want to talk about about things that are kind of interesting um bray wyatt now we've seen that there have been a lot of hints and some of these subtle nuances about the potential Bray Wyatt coming back. I'm going to first start with the Rit, Ritster, Bray Wyatt coming back. First of all, do you think he's going to come back to WWE? And the second of all, do you think that this is going to have a huge impact um, for WWE with his return, if this happens? Uh, I think WWE would be the only place that would be willing to pay him what he's asking. Uh, because when he left, he was... You know, just above Orton. He was up there. Uh, but right below, you know, Roman and Lesnar. So that's some that's some great money, you know, he was making. That's going to be some great money he's going to be asking for. Uh, for him to come back to WWE would be a great addition. Like, I would personally love to see, you know, him team up with Edge. You know, to sit there and, and go against... Uh, you know, Finn Balor and, and all of them. But, man, a great addition. There is probably nobody that is better on the mic in WWE than Bray. And just the knowledge that he would be able to bring would be great. To get him back in the ring, in the ring shape, that's going to be the problem. He hasn't touched the ring as far as anybody knows in quite some time well i mean hold on in in the flip side of that we don't know what he's been doing that's why i said as far as nobody knows right we don't we don't know and he's a Wyndham as well so he very well could be you know doing some things or he's a rotunda obviously um but the point that so you think he would be a good addition what do you put the percentage at 100 percent being absolutely he's coming back to wwe no questions if and or buts where do you put that at? Zero to 100? 80%. 80%. I mean, it's pretty high. 80% that he comes back to wrestling, of that 80%, 100% of it would be WWE because they're the only ones that can, you know, throw that money at him that he would want and deserve. Right. Uh, let's go ahead and let's throw it over to Mr. Butt. So Bray Wyatt, the fiend, or Bray Wyatt, the guy who used to – look like Waylon Mercy with the hat. Which one of these, would you want him to come back as the clown or would you want him to come back as Bray Wyatt, the the swamp guy with the uh, the lantern? Oh, the swamp guy for sure. That's what I want. I thought that was fantastic. It was creepy as all get out. The rocking chair with the lantern and that was amazing. If you didn't like that or something wrong, that was just entertainment value out the wazoo. And, and Rick bringing up, put him with Edge. I had never thought about that, but yeah. that could be pretty damn good. That would be really cool. 
Uh, Edge is running out of health. That's right. He's running out of health or health? Health. Both. (laughs) Yeah, no kidding. Probably both. Well, he's giving up next year, isn't he? Didn't he come out? Yeah, he's going to have his like last. Yeah. Well, let's 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 wait on that because no one ever really retires from wrestling. Need I bring up what happened in July? Oh my God! I watched that live. I, I still felt like I was taking that. part in elder abuse just by watching the event. Thanks a lot, Connie. I watched <laughs> that. Um, was it really that bad? Oh, it was bad. <laughs> it was. It was. It was. It, but, it was scary. It was scary because I mean, he has a pacemaker. Which, first of all, if you've anybody's had relatives who have a pacemaker, you have to be super super careful with that. And he was also taking. Um, what medication was he taking? I was told he was taking a certain medication, but he was not going to take it. He was going to take some aspirin and drink some whiskey so he could bleed, which once again, you don't have to bleed to have your last match. You could just have your last match. You don't need to turn it into Sherman Williams on the canvas because you're almost dead. So that's, but I feel like he almost feels like if he doesn't do those things, he's not giving the fans everything that they need to see. But there's so many other Ric Flair aspects that he would give them that don't require him harming himself and then faking the heart attack um, by the guardrail when he was on the outside. Was he faking though? Oh, that's a good point. <laughs> sure. Was he? We don't know. That could have been a real situation. I mean, he did have the blade for his last match. I'm sorry. Cause when you think of iconic Ric Flair things is the blonde hair covered in blood. I no, thought I he was going to come out the robe for the last one. And no, whip uh, his willy out. I mean, no, he's done no, that everywhere else, hasn't no. he? He's done it on plane rides. He's done it in hotel rooms. I've heard from wrestlers where he's done it in the elevator. You sound like you were disappointed he didn't. You know? If you had something to tell us. <laughs> let's go he's ahead. Asking, with, it's okay. Let's go ahead and let's go to Casey on this one. The Bray Wyatt situation. Pulling it back in. Bray Wyatt, um, what are your percentages of him coming back to WWE? And do you think that it would be a good idea to bring him into the fold right now? I think, yeah, I think this is a perfect time um, with just kind of this revival of wrestling in general and the interest in it. I think this is the perfect time for him to come back. Um, I really do think it's highly like I was so surprised at how quick everybody was able to decipher yesterday's little Easter egg. Like I, I was cooking dinner and watching at the same time. And then like, I got onto Twitter during the commercial and you know, you see everybody like, Oh, it was the same font as one of Bray Wyatt's old shirts. And if you saw like the bunny spelt out demon, like they were just able to decipher it so quickly um, that it's him and, and tie it to Bray in some way. I honestly think as, as iconic as his previous characters have been, I think that he's the type of person that needs a new, like uh, he wants, I feel like he's going to want to come in with a new persona um, to allow him to really flourish creatively. Cause that's what he's good at. He's good at, you know, just creating these characters that are really in depth and having all of these like really, really, really unique um, characteristics. So I feel like he's going to want to come in with something new and then I'm sure WWE is going to want to, you know, help him with that because that just means new merch for people to buy, you know? So it's, it's a plus on both ends uh, to, to be able to come back and to bring a new character with a new style um, while still having a couple of those unique 
Bray-esque characteristics tied in there. Let me uh, let me throw this to everybody, and you, you just have to give me a yes or a no on this. Do we see a reformation between he and Braun Strowman? Um, let's go with the Ritzter, yes or no. I see more of uh, him and Eric Redbeard than him and Braun. Oh, Okay, is is but Eric has not been. Uh, he's not back, is he? With WWE? No, he's he's not, not back. Yet. No, he's not back. But he hasn't signed it anywhere either. This is true. So you we, think there could be a reformation to some degree of the Wyatt family? Yeah. Okay, let's go to the ass man. What's your thoughts? No. You say no. Uh, no, Chris, no. And Casey, you say. It, anything's possible, but you think it would probably be a better idea for him creatively to express himself in a brand new way to kind of rejuvenate himself. Yeah, I believe so. And I feel like Braun wouldn't want to be tied to, I feel like he wants a singles run. I feel like he wants, he came back super beefy and, and, and I think he's wanting to go for that, that title reign. Um, so I feel like both of them would want to be, you know, running as singles competitors. It's interesting to see how things have changed because uh, the Braun Strowman character obviously went off and did the control your narrative thing, which in my opinion, I did a lot of research on this whole thing. Super interesting. And I mean that in a not so great way. I understand the concept of control your narrative, right? But look at all the players that were a part of it. They were all had some type of issues. You know, um, Austin Aries had an issue. Um, obviously Braun had some issues going on there. EC3 had some issues going on there. Who else was a big part of the, um, that movement? Who else was big on the control your narrative? Um, oh my gosh. Why do I feel like there's a ma another big name that I'm missing? Anyway, I, I feel like I'm actually surprised to be honest with you guys. I'm surprised that from Control Your Narrative, they brought Braun Strowman back. And I'm wondering if that's simply because they need more people to compete potentially against some of the other big men. And they don't really have a lot of big guys. Uh, but let me ask you, do you feel like there is a deep roster on WWE right now? Or do you feel like it's fairly thin as far as big top guys are concerned? Hmm. I it's like for them bit on the thin side. Sorry. Yeah. No, you, you're okay. I think it's probably a little bit thin, but from what I'm reading and I'm hoping it's going to happen with Triple H at the helm, he's going to create some guys and girls and just get it going. They're in a good position right now. They're bringing back some people that should have really never been let go. In all reality, let's not get ourselves. A lot of these people should have stayed there and that was it. Vince dropped the ball on some of that. Right. And I think they're replenishing. They're still a little bit thin because we're still gonna have you no know, it's still Roman. He's still gonna be the guy. Um you're thin on new high end talent. How about that? I guess that would be a better a better answer to it. There's still lots of people there, but they're thin on new. No, I agree. I was going to say, um, and I've talked about it with others before. I was, I wish they would bring back a cruiserweight title. That would be great because there are a lot of people within that midsection that would love to see more matches with and to have that, that title. Um, and I think that's what AEW kind of, um, 
they actually have more of a, an upper hand on that and that they do, you know, they do have a lot of the smaller guys. They're not these huge beefy men. Um, and they put on some really great, awesome matches. And I feel like if they would emphasize that a little bit more in WWE, I mean, you can still have those big, big guys, but you know, you have a really talented, like the first person that comes to mind for me is Ricochet. I love watching Ricochet um, compete. He's just so aerobatic and interesting and Ray um, and edge. I mean, Rollins, all of them are kind of, if you think about it, they're, they're, they're very muscular, but they're more of that smaller size in comparison to like a Braun Strowman or a Bobby Lashley. Yeah, no, I agree completely. Um, I think bringing back a Dexter Loomis was a big deal. I think that was really interesting. I thought he had a great look and I'm glad they brought him back. Uh, Karrion Cross, I also think was a good move bringing him back, especially keeping in, in Scarlet Bordeaux as well, keeping him as a package. And we talked about this before how, uh, Tony Khan actually uh, made some overtures towards Karrion Cross. However, he did not want to bring Scarlett Bardot in, which for whatever reason, I don't have any concept of why you wouldn't because that is, is a package presentation. It wouldn't make sense to not have them together unless you know Scarlett was like, you know what, I really don't want to do this anymore. But I think that they definitely have some people. And keep in mind, Cody's going to come back as well. I mean, we, you know, he's still lurking out there, and I think it's going to be exciting to see what he does when he comes back. And then, obviously, with Bray in the mix as well. I mentioned on social media, I think the WWE is about to have another big wave, and I think it's going to be big. I mean, really big. I mean, potentially 4 million people watching. I really, really do. I feel like it's going to be huge. I think the Triple H era is going to be really successful, and I don't think it's going to be one of these deals where it's just really fast and then it fizzles out. I think it's going to be long-term. I think it's going to be very meticulous with what he does. That brings me to the next uh, question I want to pose to everybody. You know, we have the Attitude Era, the Fed years, ruthless aggression. We have all these titles for these certain uh, sections of the timeline in WWE. What do we think this new one is going to be called? What do we think? I'm, 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 it's interesting to think about what it would be called. Um, you know, obviously some people want to probably name it after Triple H. Maybe we need to, you know, the rebirth or something like that. Reincarnation, uh, the resurrection. I mean, whatever you may call it. Let me throw it to the ass man first. When you think about ways that you could describe what the next generation could be, right? Because Ruthless Aggression was really coined by uh, John Cena, right? So is there someone out there who epitomizes what this next generation could be? That's a damn good question. Uh, That's why they pay me a lot of money. You're getting paid? <laughs> Wait <laughs> in wrestling podcasting. Get out of wait, here. You wow. wait, you're not? Well, I guess my checks got lost at the border. <laughs> Customs you're gonna got to, it. You're gonna you're gonna have to ask our former executive producer for that one. Yeah. Please continue. <laughs> oh my. Um I can't think of anybody off the top of my head that they would uh let the ruthless aggression or whatnot, all that stuff. The first thing that popped in my head is it will be the Triple H um, era. for or, No, that'll be like the unofficial. Obviously, it can't come out 
on Raw Monday night and say, no, it's the beginning of the Triple H era. That's not going to fly, but that'll be the unofficial name because I think he's going to you know, have his hand in everything in a positive note. Right. Uh, I'm not sure who exactly you would, you would go to, to cater with, like, like in the previous generations. That's or era, sorry. It's an interesting question. I had to think about that one, Freeland. Sorry. Well, no, no, you're fine. And I can even come back to you on this one. Let's go to uh, let's go to my friend Curly over here. Um, what do you think they could call? Like once again, I, I think we we all assume that it's going to be named after a moniker of Triple H, like the game or whatever. But like, there's got to be something. Like, who is the guy? Like, obviously. Um, what, what's some of Roman's things like, uh, sit at my table or eat breakfast with me. What's his whole <laughs> shtick? Something uh, like make me French yeah, toast sticks. What is table. his deal? I, I, I've got a couple come to my mind Okay. for, for monikers. One could be the, I'm sorry we messed up. Error. Ah, I uh, like that. I'm sorry tri- we messed up. Because Triple H is signing back everybody that should have never lost their job. Right. Uh, the don't call it a comeback because you're back. Uh, let's see here. Um, I'm, I'm just trying to think, think of different ways to apologize to not only the worker, but the fans who were invested in all these great talents that got released. So all the corporate people can make more money in their pocket when they were at the height of their, you know, making the most money they've ever made. The most money ever. But Vince yet, had bills had to, to make pay, budget though. cuts. Well, we all know right. what bills Vince was having to pay. But, uh, <laughs> not three million. Uh, a how, how, how about how about the next error be uh, be a throwback to Vince McMahon? But instead of no chance, you now have a chance in hell. Oh, that's I love that. <laughs> I, well, okay, all right. Let me play off of that. Instead of you're fired, you're hired. <laughs> That could be another one. Perfect. So let's let's go. Let's well, go well, to first, Casey. First off, I gotta sit there and get those no, no. made and licensed right now before somebody steals that. You need to go get that trademark, yeah. Yeah, watching this. Yeah, they're watching, no doubt. They're watching this show, man. You don't know. <laughs> they could be a bot. We don't know. These things are possible. Anyway, let's go back to the voice of reason here. Let's let's bring it back down to to, to the ground it's what do you think casey are we gonna what are we gonna call this what's this new idea that we could really get on board with well honestly like in i was trying to when you sent the like i said the topics i was like trying to look over all the other ones and i i know that there's been a mid-card renaissance or there's like a quote-unquote mid-card renaissance with rollins at some point but I, honestly this is the renaissance of wrestling i mean in general because it's a revival of of people's interests it's a renewed interest people we have two different promotions going on right now like we have all of this wrestling pretty much seven days out of the week you can catch wrestling like it is truly like a revival in the interest of wrestling you have mainstream celebrities collaborating um like regular media is covering uh wrestling in general there you have wrestling pretty much on every social media platform it, it's just truly a renaissance. But if we were going to pinpoint it to one person, I'm going to bring it back to the ladies. And I'm going to say it's the EST era of wrestling because 
I really think that there's been such a shift in women's wrestling in general. We have these strong, big ladies like Ripley and like Raquel and Bianca um, and really showcasing that they can be main eventers. So I, I would call it the EST era, but that's just me. <laughs> Braylon, I got a question for Casey. So, so you're all about the women. Can you answer a good question for me? Yes. Why is Shayna Baszler not the SmackDown Thank God. Women's Champion? I love me some. Sh I love Shayna. I love her too. Mm -hmm. She's she's such a strong, yeah, another strong competitor. Um, that hopefully we'll get to see more of. I, I really liked her when she was with Naya as a tag team. I think that she, it was nice to see her softer side <laughs> with that. I think she really softened that team um, and made it a little more likable. But yeah, Shayna's an amazing competitor. I don't know why. I, I, I'm not a big fan of Liv. I know she's young um, and everything. <laughs> so I was, I'll support women's wrestling. You know, I still have my favorites and everything. So yeah, I don't know why she's not. SmackDown Women's Champion. She should be. I just, I, you know, I'm I'm with you on that whole concept. Like, I mean, you know, you have Bailey, who I think has really changed a lot. She went from that everybody hug me character to really she's coming to her own now. I think she's great, and I'm not going to call her the new name. Iro Shirai. I love Iro Shirai. I think she's great as well. Mm -hmm. So the women in WWE are extremely strong. Like they have a great roster. Um. Do you feel like, in some ways, AEW needs to steal a little bit of the techniques or some of the things that they do? Like, once again, any time that you're going to do something, you're going to look at those who are your predecessors, right? The ones who did it really, really well. Like, what did they do and how did they do this to get to where they are? Or do you feel like, once again, Tony's looking at his women's division and obviously he had Kenny who was, was working with the women's. We know that. And now obviously they brought in um, Madison rain, Madison rain. Do you feel like the women in AEW um, are as strong Casey as the WWE women? I would say they're strong. If not stronger, they have a wonderful women's division. They're just they not get, like I said, they're just not getting the time. It's just bad booking. It's it, they're not allowed to showcase the, the storylines and the skills that they have. So I don't think it's necessarily that one women's division is better than the other. I think both of them have such strong com um, competitors. Just one isn't just given enough time. And, you know, to be fair, you can't rightfully compare them because WWE has been around for longer. The women's division has had more time to develop. I mean, just in 2020, they were doing a karaoke segment where the women had to sing like on SmackDown. So, you know, it's still there's still some progress and regression, um, but there's they've had more time to develop and figure things out and showcase them better. So I think AEW just needs more time and just needs to trust that their women can carry storylines. They can be main eventers because they're completely capable. I think they're both really strong women's division. They just need the time. Uh, I'm really surprised how Tony hasn't for his women's division like look to Dustin a lot more because Dustin was a huge part of helping working with the women over in WWE. Like, why wouldn't you sit there and get him involved more? Like, I, I don't, I don't get that. He, he's a great asset. You know, uh, I'm not sure is Fitz signed with WWE still. Did he resign with them? Finley? 
Uh, that's a great question. I can look that up really quick. Because he was another one that was very like hands-on with them, working with them to get them to where they are today. And I just don't understand why Tony, you know, doesn't sit there and use what he has in that locker room more often. The the women's division in WWE has advanced leaps and bounds when Fit started in, because. Well, let's be honest. Before that, there it was the Diva Championship because it was it was eye candy. It's all mm-hmm. it was, you know. Not being rude about it, but that's the reality of what it was. You know, brawn panty matches and and all the other stuff. Versus now, man, they're they're damn good. And and I'm sure some of them before were probably great athletes too, but. Just the way the booking was, they never got a chance to really shine. Versus now, like a lot of those ladies can go like fantastic wrestlers, fantastic athletes. And not only that, when WWE signed Sarah Mato, or you know, as the Indies know her, Sarah, Sarah Del Rey, to be a coach down mm-hmm. in NXT, she she worked like she did a lot of work with them, and she helped polish up a lot of the women that are now in the main events, you know, of Raw and SmackDown. Yep, 100%. So it says producer NXT TV, coach at the WWE Performance Center. So it looks like uh, the Shillelagh man is is back in the fold. Here's something to, to, to ask yourself. Whether that be Adam Cole, uh, Bobby Fish, Kyle O'Reilly, Aleister Black, um, okay, Keith Lee as well, Swerve Strickland. Um, a lot of these former WWE guys who were cut FTR. by the man, F, yeah, FTR. If Triple H was in charge at that time, do you think they would still be there, or do you think they would have just been released at some point as well? We'll, we'll go uh, to Casey first. Casey, w- what's your take on that? Uh, that's a good question. I think, honestly, I think it would have had to happen just because of what was going on globally in the world. I think they wouldn't have had the... Would, the pandemic and, and the Thunderdome and everything. I feel like I think cuts would have had to have been made, unfortunately, um, because I just think it was just a different era in terms of what could have been done, you know, with, with everything that was going on. So yeah, I, I think some of the cuts might've been happened. I think you would have probably fought a little more, uh, but I think we still would have seen some of those names leave. Uh, let me ask you this, but do you think that right now, let's just say everybody in AEW as of right now, snap my fingers could be a free agent. How many people would sit down at a table and resign or would they go over and explore interest in WWE? What do you think that would be? Oh, I'd say maybe, Maybe half will go back, maybe a little bit less, because there's going to be some sour grapes right now. Sure. Over how it went down. Like, Keith Lee's got to be in his bonnet over it. We all know that. He doesn't feel like he was done right. Uh, FTR wouldn't go back, I don't think. Um, for Strickland, he'd probably head back. Um, just trying to think of who, who are some of the others that you would. Well, I mean, Alistair Black for one. Sitting at the, Oh, he's going back for sure. That's that's a given. He's going back. No, trying to think who else. Who else would, um, given the opportunity, would they go back? Gosh, I'm not even. I'm not looking at the AEW roster as we speak right now. But I'm going to see if I can try to pull Miro? that. Up. 
Oh, yeah. uh, I, could, I could see Miro maybe. Andrade, I could see him going. Oh, I definitely oh, could see that. Yeah, oh, he's, he's going back. He's had a pretty That's crappy win. Yeah, and I mean, well, not match wise. Nothing. Yeah, his matches were amazing. I just feel like he, yeah, th- th- I think all three of them. Yeah, yeah, those three matches were dynamite. Mm-hmm. Never well, got used, unfortunately. Let me ask you both this question here: Do you think, and give me a percentage? That when Vince was still in charge, and, and a lot of people believed he would stay in power, he left, right? Andrade left. How many people actually believed, and I will raise my hand and say I was one of them, that if Vince was still in charge and Andrade was in AEW, that at some point in time Charlotte would cha- switch over and go to be with her husband? Or do you think that no matter what, she still would have been pro-WWE? We'll, we'll start with uh, uh, the butt on this one. Which, what's your thoughts on that one? Do you think she would have switched, or do you think uh, that's yeah, just I a think point? she would have switched. You think she so? She's done everything in WWE. You know, she's at a certain point, she's going to want to be with her husband. Yeah, she would have left, I think, like 90% chance. Casey, what's your thought? You think she would have jumped? I think so, too. I think at that point, uh, prior to all this stuff, this mess that happened with AEW, I think mm-hmm. that she was getting booed a lot ronda rousey had just come back and people were just booing her continuously all that drama with tony storm had happened too where tony just like quit because she i feel like it had something to do with charlotte i feel like it had something to do with 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 her i feel like i could have seen charlotte just being like you know what fine i'm gonna go over here um and man that would have been such a good asset for for the AEW women's division i feel like that would have really helped them but you know (laughs) It is what it is now. Ritster, what's your take? I mean, do you think um, with Andrade there and obviously Vince still being in charge, was the temperature right if Vince had stayed in power that Charlotte would have eventually made the move to AEW to be with her husband? Or do you think she was true blue uh, WWE from from the word go? Uh, True blue is not the correct answer. It's true green. I think Vince pays her way too much money for her to even think about going anywhere else. Yeah. Uh, the talent. Now I'm not saying the AEW doesn't have the talent, uh, that WWE has, but Charlotte has a, a better competition over there with, to have matches with like, like if you, Charlotte would go over, uh, to AEW, you'd have, you know, the Britt Baker match, Tony Storm now, Thunder Rosa, some JD ha- uh, Jamie Hader. Uh, of course, my girl Jade would put her in her oh, place. Her and Jade would have been. That could have been really good. Dream booking. Will... <laughs> you know, uh, Ikiro Shida. You know what? Pause on the Hikaru Shida. <laughs> Let's pause on the Hikaru Shida. God, I can't even talk the right way. I loved it when she stopped being so nice and smiley. When yeah. she started to really, you know, put her foot down and show some anger and some intensity, the fans reacted to that and they really, really got behind her. And I feel like the more fire she showed, the more people got behind Akaro. And I feel like that really helped her out a lot. So that was just a mm-hmm. side note. Please continue. But uh, what AEW needs on a woman's side is a leader. Charlotte would come in. I could see that being a CM Punk situation all over again where it everything's got to revolve around her and i don't think i don't think she would be the leader that 
you know, AEW needs for the women in that locker room. So I think the best asset would be just for her to stay that in WWE, continue making that pay. She's, she's getting paid now. And what's she doing? You know what I mean? So just, just sit, collect those paychecks. And, you know, then if the contract, uh, contracts up, test the waters then, but an AEW's best asset, they better learn from CM Punk because I think she's just as toxic in the background. Uh, locker room as he was. Well, I mean, talking about toxic personalities, I, I really want to get everyone's take on this as well. This is not you know on our rundown sheet here, but I've always enjoyed if you can separate the personality, right? The personality and, and maybe the character of someone. I mean, it, that's almost saying the same thing as CM Punk. If you look at the in ring work and you subtract all of the the head game stuff, I always thought Tessa Blanchard was an amazing female wrestler. However, once again, you take the good, and the bad comes with the good sometimes too. Um, do you, as a owner of a company, so I'm going to have you all put your your general manager hats on. How do you do the risk assessment if you were to bring in someone that you knew, oh God, I'm going to have to prepare the locker room for this. We're going to have to have a meeting about this, but this could be good for box office. However, you know internally it could cause a lot of issues and you're going to be running around trying to fix stuff, but it really could put your company where it needs to be financially to set it forth in the future. Do you do that? I'm going to start with the but. Whether it's Tessa Blanchard, whether it's CM Punk, um, fill in the blank, right? Do you bring somebody in because it's box off and it's quote-unquote, I hate this phrase, good for business? Um, Or do you say... I'm going to pass on the profitability for the company because I feel like this could be a major headache. What do you do? If I can bring in huge money in a short amount of time, then you can deal with a little bit of backstage nonsense, but the money's got to be massive, but it can't be an extended thing. You can't, I don't think you you should expect it to be an extended stay on the roster, two, three, four year deal, like basically hot shop booking. You know, bring them in, get six months out of whoever it would be. No, hopefully get a bunch of cash, but then they're gone again. Because if you got that much tox tox that that toxicity is the word I think I said in in the locker room. It's eventually just going to blow up, and it's just it. It can't be, it can't be for an extended period. You can deal with a certain amount of bullshit if there's enough payoff for a short amount of time. It can't be extended because it's so, just going to blow up. So you're saying short term, I'll go ahead, I'll deal with the the snafus or whatever because we are going to be make some profit, but I would let this individual know it's only going to be short term that they're coming in for, right? But it's got to be, yes, but it's got to be big money. I'm not putting up with bullshit for 15%, 15% gain. Okay. No way am I going to deal with CM Punk for that little bit of a gain or okay. Charlotte or many other talents. Blanchard included. I wouldn't bring her in, period. 
Well, it's so, pretty interesting because I don't know if her and her father are really on the same page either. Because if you've noticed, they haven't really worked in the same company. And I don't, I've heard that their relationship is strained. Uh, once again, that's just through the grapevine. So I don't know how accurate that is. But Rit, let me throw it to you. Um, what do you do? I mean, you know, you, you could really boost up business, which means you could get a better cable deal, another TV deals in the works. Do you sacrifice short term for long term? But if you do, you got to keep in mind some of those people that you really want to keep, their contracts may expire. And if this is a big fiasco for them, they may say, you know what, screw it, I'm out of here. So how do you balance that? How do you juggle that? I'm going to go to one person, Eric Bischoff, and I'm going to go with his biggest signing, Hulk Hogan. You can't get much uh, more hard to deal with in wrestling business than Hogan. That's not going to work for me, Ritster. I'm sorry, man. That's not going to work for me. But when the writing was on the wall, he did what was, what, what was right for business. When when Bischoff sit there and, and proposed him, hey, how about how about you how about you turn heel, brother? Mm, let me think about it. Then he seen it was getting over. Hogan's seen the dollar signs. So if Hogan can see what I'm seeing in dollar signs, he turns heel, then we're then we're on the NWO. All of a sudden, he wants to drop the belt the belt to, to Goldberg. He sees money. So if you can get somebody that okay, at first when Hogan came over, okay, I, I only want to work with with Avalanche, Zodiac, you know, I I only want to work with my buddies. Okay, I'll sit there and take that. But working with Hogan, doing what he wants to do, you took the good with the bad. They made their first dollar. WCW, turn the profit, first time ever with Hogan. Then you sit there and, and you work with that. But then he started making other people. Hall, Nash, you got bigger eyes. You, you got more people watching now. So you, I would take the good with the bad. As long as he sees green, just like I see green, we're all going to be making money across the board. Everybody. I can respect that. Casey, you've you've sat here diligently and quietly, and you've you've taken in everyone's takes so far. Um, this is is honestly, it's not not an easy decision to make. I mean it 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 affects the company, it affects camaraderie, but yet. There's also some some big swings it could do. You got a TV contract coming up. Some people say, see his face on the side of the truck. Oh, you know what? I may want to go ahead and give you guys another deal. Risk versus reward. How do you handle that situation? I think it's it's really to, to be ter determined by the foundation of the product itself. And if you look at it out of the two examples that we were just given, which one is still, you know, which one's still around, you know? WWE and WCW, you know, eventually imploded, you know, with with all the issues backstage and everything. So I think ultimately, I think you have to have that good environment in the back. If it's toxic, it's it's not going to be a benefit in the long term. So I I would probably do short term booking if I were to bring in somebody or just not bring them in at all and, and just try to trust the product that I already have and try to work on the quality of that. Um, to make it better for everyone involved and, and try to build that talent within 
what I already have. And I think that that's the, the issue we're seeing with AEW right now in real time is that I think he Tony's just constantly chasing the next big pop because I think that foundation was never truly strong. Um, and it's starting to get a little more cracks in the foundation. And it, it's it's scary. I'm hoping that they can pull through. But if you don't have if you don't trust in what you already have, how is it ever going to get better? Um, so, yeah, I, I probably wouldn't. But <laughs> I'd just play the safe bet and just try to work on the, the little stable that I have. <laughs> so, so basically what she's saying is I'm right and it's wrong. Oh, no. Hey, hey. I just want to clarify that. Just want to put it out there, Ritzers. Hey, sorry, buddy. Uh, 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 you know what we I'm, do. We, you know what we do to people who lose. I cut my burgers with knives. And <laughs> yeah, like, you I, cut I, your I'm, burgers with knives. And... Oh, I'm so sorry. I'm just so hey, downhill. Don't since be then. sorry. My, my, one of my biggest reasons to bring someone in that might have a little backstage drama. If I can bring a big star in to get more eyes on the rest of the roster, I think it's worth it. Well, okay, look at it from this perspective. So the CM Punk situation, the Hulk Hogan situation. If you look at the Hulk Hogan situation, uh, he came in and he saw working with other people and dropping the belt to them as money, right? So he worked programs with Lex Luger, dropped the belt, dropped the belt to Sting, dropped the belt to Goldberg. Um, so he definitely lost. He definitely put people over. That was not necessarily the situation. Could you have done the same with CM Punk, though? I don't know if you could have continued to have CM Punk as a guy, keeping him strong, but having him put over other guys who would would have been best for business. I think CM Punk would have definitely had a clash of creative perspective on that. I think he definitely was a very strong-willed and is person who might not necessarily want to have done something like that. Um, I still think he wanted to be the guy who's on top. And I feel like in some ways that might have separated the two situations, right? Hogan was in it to, to make some money. I think CM Punk is almost trying to do this as kind of like to, and I know I'm going to upset some CM Punk fans, but just kind of needle that into people like, look, I'm still here. You know what I mean? Like, look at all you guys in this AEW locker room. You haven't drawn a dime and is not accurate whatsoever. I mean, when he was naming all those people, but I just feel like he likes to put, the proverbial thumb down on people. And I feel like that's just not good in any way, shape or form. And he clearly was not doing it uh, in a work situation. He was completely shooting on all these people. Um, now, would you be completely surprised that this was whole thing was a work? Would no. you be surprised? No, not with Tony Khan because in the wrestling business, it doesn't matter if you're talking good, talking bad, as long as you're talking about them, all eyes are on them. Casey, would you be surprised if this was a work? I'd be very surprised because it's very, it would be very intricate. <laughs> it would be a very intricate work. A um, very well thought out. Kenny got bit. Like I feel he had a bruise. He's got poor Kenny. Am I the only guy? I'm just like poor Kenny. Well, Freeland, you're, on, you're, you're you willing to put ice him down. You you would ice yes, I will. Kenny down. Yes, I will. You I know have no you problem will. with that. I'm completely confident in myself and I care about him. And if I was a qualified trainer, I would do the necessary. I love Kenny Omega. Kenny Omega has always been very good from everything I've heard from people. Just a good person. 
outside of what he does in the ring, a good human being. And I think if you're a good human being, that's really what matters. Freeland, you would type up false credentials to say you're a personal trainer just to get the opportunity. Why? Why you just to look at him? Why do you got to do that to me? Why? Okay, look, look, let's let's bring Casey in a little bit here to, to the family of FRM Pod. See, here's the thing. Here's the thing. Now we're opening the door and all the skeletons and for Freeland. Yeah. Could you please tell Casey what you have done for a Kenny Omega T-shirt that the butt got for you? Got diabetes. Hope it was legal. <laughs> oh, it was live on the air and legal. <laughs> okay. We we streamed it. Oh my god! Yeah. We streamed it in front of a very large audience had, as well. We both um, got the diabetes that night. I did get the diabetes that night. Um, that was when I f- officially became relatives of Wilford Brimley. Um, <laughs> it was it was an Oreo eating challenge between me and a listener, and we brought them on, and we but we did split screen, and it was who could who could eat the most Oreo? Who who did? Did he win? It was me. You no, did. No, 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 there was three of you. It was you. It was Jersey Devil. It. I want to know how many because I could like down a sleeve with like like it's nobody's business. So I oh, want to know how oh, many Oreos. Oh, I want to know how many Oreos. Wait a minute. <laughs> we have ourselves, as Tom Segura would say, a situation. Wait a second. Hold on. Let let let's get the story clear first. First, it was me. And. Gosh, is my memory fading me? Who did I first take on? I took on you, but didn't I? You took on me. I took on Jersey Devil as well. You you took on Jersey Devil, and then who was the guy I took on? Who was in the? Uh, what was remember. his name? He was in that shady living room, and the whole time I'm thinking, man, this is not going to look good. That, Somebody, I think that was I think that was Jersey Devil too. Was it Jersey? I, Devil? I, I think Jersey Devil took on but. And the winner took on you because you're like on the champ. Yeah, I am. That, that might be right. I think. And did we ever have our match? Uh, no, no, no. I think you once you got your T-shirt, you backed out of the deal. You retired. Uh, I don't from think Oreo that's the, I don't think that's the whole story. I'm willing to defend my title. Now, here's the deal. Um, the butt said that if I could eat so many Oreos in so many minutes. Uh, he would get me a, a Kenny Omega, the Terminator shirt. Okay. Always wanted that shirt. And he got it for me. And then he's such a good dude. He actually sent me a John Moxley shirt as well. Aww. He took care of me. He's a very good guy. Very good man uh, from the, another foreign country. So Freeland would do anything. Uh, let's go back a little further, Step Freeland. EC Dub fan, <laughs> you seriously need to not be putting all these things in the comment. The Golden Girls. The why did he have to bring that up? Okay, continue oh, talking, Rick. That'd be good. How about our how about our first Saturday night stream ever? Whoa, whoa, whoa! Ooh. If we still had the video from that, that was pretty I, crazy. I think I do. Oh, I remember the, this one. Uh, Freeland did the garlic powder challenge. Okay, so let's talk about this for a second. Oh, okay, no. Casey, let's talk about this. So the Rit told me, Rit, what did you say you were going to give me? I'm okay. Rit and I both collect AEW action figures. Rit obviously has way no, no. more. No, no, I collect them. You buy them sparingly. Well, I do because I mean, you. 
Uh, uh, I buy him by the by the set. He buys wow. him. By, yeah, yeah. He buys him by. But he also, what he's not telling you, he's not telling you this. We found out he has an informant. He's got somebody who works at a Walmart who's getting him the hookup before they go on the shelves. Nice. He's got that on the inside. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um. So we both collect AEW action figures. So. One night we decided to stream live. We got a great audience, and uh, Ritz said, "What would you say you were going to give me?" Oh, it, it, it had to be one of the Kenny Omega figures. Kenny Omega Kenny. action figure. I know if I would be willing to do the garlic powder challenge. Now I didn't even know what the garlic powder challenge was at said time. So you know what? I go based upon what Ritz tells me. He says, "Hey, take a. This is important. A heaping tablespoon." Of garlic powder, you need to eat it within what five minutes? Yeah, that no, was- no, no, no. You have to just hold it in your mouth. For no, five oh, no, 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 don't even start back. Don't start walking that back. Don't walk that dog. No, you said I had to eat it, and then after I was physically sick on air, not on the camera, but you could hear me because my audio was running. Yeah, I ran to the bathroom, um, and I was sick multiple times. Why the conversation continued, mm-hmm. I then looked up on my phone as I was just half conscious laying next to the tub. I looked up what the garlic, garlic powder challenge was, and it was a teaspoon. <laughs> and it was all you had to do was hold it in your mouth. <laughs> you have any idea how just horrible, horrible oh. I felt? The, the best part about it was, right? Four days later, I talked to Megs, and, she, and I'm like, "So, what's going on, Megs?" She That's goes, my wife's make, name. Okay. Yeah, and she goes, "I just making some spaghetti." She goes, "I don't need to add garlic because Mike's still tasting it from four days ago." Oh my! God. It was that bel- bad. It was that bad. Belching it up. It was I bad. believe it. I, it was- I've sweat garlic before from. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, you know, it's, it, I'm sure it was seeping out your pores. It was, t- I stunk to high heaven. I'm surprised oh I wasn't forced God. to sleep outside. Like, I was like a very large raccoon. Like, she should have said, get the hell out. Wow. But, but literally, but see, that's my loyalty, though, to Kenny, to Kenny Omega. Omega. Yes, awesome. the cleaner. I respect that. Uh, <laughs> score that eight. Too cheap to buy one. Five one. <laughs> I'm frugal. We went over this many, many times for the last three years. I'm frugal. Yes, Rich. I'm frugal. But, You're cheap. But, but Freeland has one heck of a heart, too. We actually was doing uh, – we, we went to raise some money for, for somebody that was on there. And Freeland went and ate a bag of the Paco chips? Uh, I, I did the uh, the Pocky. <gasps> I ju- – oh, Kids are getting hospitalized currently because apparently it's it's gotten popular again. And, yes. But now they're like trying not to drink or eat anything after they do the challenge, and that's why they're ending up in the ER. I just heard that on the news. Huh. Yeah, the, the Free, Freeland was so dedicated. I don't know how much money was was donated at the time, but he took the crumbs at the bag at the bottom and ate them. Oh my gosh! I did. Yeah. I did as many packy chips as I could to raise money. So, but you know what? See, and that's the thing, though. Like, it was fun, and I'm glad you brought that up. Thank you so much for my redemption <laughs> story, there, Rit. Thank you so much. You gotta save the best for last, Freeland. You do absolutely. Um, but yeah, I mean, I just Rit collects. Well, man, I shouldn't even say collector. You're an aficionado, right? He has just about every figure there is. He has some of the chase figures as well, the ones with the gold stickers. He's got a lot of them. So, 
The butt's got some action figures too, butt, right? I, yeah, I had a couple kicking around. Otis. The wife put them away on me when she took her office over again. I see. Are you a collector of wrestling things, Casey? I have a, well, uh, definitely with, with all my cosplays, I have like lots of different pieces and stuff um, to be able to create those wrestling cosplays. But I have a couple on my desk and I have a funny story. Um, I had mentioned earlier that I work for the Girl Scouts and yes. um, we had a couple of Girl Scout juniors, which are like fourth and fifth graders come and they had brought, it was in the summer, they had brought some cupcakes that they had made just for like a service to the community. And then we decided to give them an office tour. And so I'm walking him around and then they go into my office and they're like, what are those? And they point at my action figures that I have. I have a few like John Morrison and a couple of macho men. And then I was like, oh, they're my wrestling figures. I, I like wrestling. And they kind of like, you know, gave a weird look and they walked away. And I was like, oh, my God, like I just showed them that I have like half naked men on my <laughs> <laughs> these fourth and fifth graders, the, these half naked men on my desk, like several. And I'm like, oh, no wonder they gave like a weird look. I was like, yeah. <laughs> wow. Well, you know. Hey, but hey, that's your fanhood right there. They probably yeah. they probably went home. I saw you. Had, she had figures of these guys. She yeah, shirtless men on her desk. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like the wrestlers. She, she, she had guys in their underwear. Yeah, exactly. Wow. So, so you're okay. We're learning more about you. So, for everybody who's listening into this, we're we're learning about Casey. And if you want to follow her on social media, definitely follow her at Over the Moon Salt. You can follow her on uh, Twitter. We're going to give you all the details of where you can follow her as well. She's in the cosplay and wrestling, and she is a great mind in wrestling. She's joining us tonight. She's giving us some of her free time. Um, so, tell us a little bit more about cosplay. So, how did the whole cosplay concept become a thing with you? Well, I've I've been cosplaying since like 2014, 2015. I've been I would do Disney princesses or like other like characters. Um, but I actually didn't get into wrestling until about 2019. So it's very fairly recent. Oh, wow. I'm a very very fairly uh new fan. Um I finished the series Glow on Netflix. Um and then I got oh it was so awesome. It was so, so well good. done. So sad that they never got their final season, but eh. they got no payoff. Yep. I know. But then I went and watched the Glow documentary about the actual women of Red. That you was know. well done. It was very well done, very sad. Um and then so I mentioned it to my husband and he was like, oh well there's this series called Dark Side of the Ring. You want to watch that with me? And so we watched all of that. And so by this time, it's already getting into 2020. So the actual first live wrestling experience I ever did was uh, Royal Rumble 2020. Like that was my first live wrestling experience. Just watching that. Yeah. Holy crap. Well, I felt bad because, again, I had just started watching wrestling. So when people were all excited about Edge, I was like, who's this guy? I don't know who this guy is. Like, <laughs> you know, um, but I got interested and we started watching Raw and SmackDown and AEW and NXT. Um, started watching Lucha Underground, uh, like reruns of that. So I just got really fascinated with it. And 2020, there was nothing else to do. Uh, so I started combining cosplay with wrestling and just putting it on my Instagram. And my first one was like Dusty Rhodes. I, I sewed a bunch of polka dots and painted some cowboy boots. And people got interested. And it got me talking to people in the wrestling community. And it just kind of went from there. I've done over 30 different wrestling cosplays since then in the span of like two years. So it's, it's been... who was your favorite? Ooh, um, probably the one that got the 
biggest like it went kind of viral was my Eddie Guerrero because I actually got somebody down here in the valley who had a low rider to come out to the photo shoot and I was able to take pictures. Um, so that was one of my favorites. But the one I put the most work into was my most recent one was Kane. Um, I actually hand sewed and cut all the stuff and created wow. it from scratch. So that's that's probably the one I'm most proud of. Uh, and then I'm currently working on one for uh, Wrestle Fan Fest, which is I've been invited to be a cosplay guest. And so I'm working on a, a Ricky Steamboat. I'm putting it out there so I can manifest it and actually <laughs> finish it. That's but, exciting. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> interesting <laughs> trying to figure out all the wings and and stuff yeah how about that so when it comes to putting an outfit together so how do you determine who it's going to be like what is that that what's that process is it just somebody you're like hey i'm really interested in this person so you watch a bunch of their matches and then you decide yes that's the character i'm going to go with so what's what's the process of all that. yeah that's pretty much it <laughs> you know whether um something pops up like recently with the clash at the castle i loved seth rollins elton john like he's cost so i'm gonna cosplay seth rollins cosplaying elton john so it's gonna be like a <laughs> conception um but yeah i'll see some gear that i'm like oh that's awesome let me see if i can try to recreate it um or if there's something special coming up um, I'll be like, let me see if I can try to put something together in time. Like for Clash at the Castle, I put like a really quick McIntyre together. It was like a, a blue skirt and the knee pads. It wasn't anything intricate, but yeah, that's basically it. And I'll go watch a bunch of matches and I'll watch their promos and try to get their mannerisms. So when we take pictures or I make TikToks, I can kind of tie in all of that together. Now, what does your husband think about all the uh, the cosplaying? Does he get into it as well? Will he cosplay with you? He does not cosplay. He's my photographer. So all the, the wonderful photos that he takes or that are on my Instagram, he's taken them. Um, but he was a wrestling fan as a kid. So when I started getting interested in wrestling, he, he kind of perked up about it because he had lost interest like back in high school. Um, but you know, he was watching during kind of the golden era attitude era and, you know, he loved the ultimate warrior and he loved, um, under the giant and all that stuff. So it's kind of renewed his interest in wrestling. So now we watch it together and we talk wrestling all the time. Um, so it's been really fun to, to kind of, uh, get back into it, um, and, and kind of go to shows now and stuff. So it's, I love it. it wrestling has completely consumed my life in the past three years. Hey, if, if he ever gets you mad, you can always say, hey, why don't we create the, the barber shop? Of course, you can be Marty Jannetty. Well, yeah, exactly. Oh, it right through the glass. Terrible. You are terrible. <laughs> I will say this, though, from, from getting into it, it was starting in 2019 to now, like, you know a lot of history. Like, you are actually, uh, you know, a savant of this kind of stuff. So I really give you a lot of credit for going back and knowing the history and knowing some of these characters and whatnot because – for somebody who got it in 2019, you wouldn't have thought, you know, somebody would mention some of these different people, especially the Marty Jeanette. I was watching that when it happened. That's awesome. So. Yeah, no, well, lots of documentaries. I, I miss the WWE uh, network, the app, because I would just sit there and just be like, we're going to watch this. We're going to watch this. The Peacock app is not as fun. <laughs> It's it's not it's not as user friendly. And what I used to love about the network was that you could go chapter by chapter in, within a pay per view, which mm -hmm. was super cool. Now I gotta like scrub through the matches. Like, okay, I want to get to this. So, wow, you can, Canada. you can, yeah. In foreign countries, they still oh, allow that. Awesome. So, uh, 
What? You what, say what? foreign countries like I'm from you, no, God no. only knows where. No, I'm not saying that you're from like Uganda. Really quick, pop quiz. Who's from Uganda, Casey? Oh, I don't know. U- Uganda, he slaps his belly. Oh. He, he has a big <sighs> star printed on his tummy. Oh, oh, the great. Uh, uh, is it? Not is the, it? It's not Kali. Kali? Oh, it's not Kali? Not Kali. Oh. And no, no, it's not Mike Freeland. That is absolutely in. You know what? Once again, for, oh, being, no. for being mean to Bye-bye. me. Goodbye. Through the glass. <laughs> yeah, he's the Marty Jannetty right now. Oh, no. I don't know. No, I'm like I said, I'm still learning. There's still so much wrestling to to kind of cover. And so I, I learned and being invited to things like this. That's why I was like, yes, like you when you asked if if I wanted to come on, this helps me too. Um, being able to be a part of the conversation with people who have been watching wrestling for so much longer than I have. Um, it allows me to learn more and continue to, to grow my, my wrestling knowledge. I I'm not going to know everything, but I'm, I'm enjoying the journey as I do. Maybe on the panel, we can pick an error or a match or a pay-per-view from way back in the day. And we can talk about that too. What do you think about that? I love that. What do you think about that? Butster? Let's do it. Let's do it. Also, by the way, I'm scrolling through my my Twitter, and I don't know if you can see this, but okay, look at this quote. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Ricky. Really? Come on. Which I love the fact that I had I have already been working on this cosplay for a, a couple of weeks now, um, and then that news came out that he's going to be having his like last or he's coming back like on the 29th, which is perfect because my cosplay should be finished a week prior to his his re-debut. Very excited about it. The quote that killed me was, though, it says, it makes me want to come back again. To <laughs> Oh, man. I just... The, the difference between Steamboat and Flair, Steamboat, I think, can still have a solid match. I think so. There's I some, agree. Yeah. There's some that's still like, Rob Van Dam, did y'all see him at Mall of America? I, I like, did. Wow. I did. That whole show I thought was really amazing. Like it, it was a nice little throwback to WCW's uh, Nitro debut. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was a solid card. Uh, Freeland. Yes. Quick, did you see our good friends at Warriors uh, Wrestling? Warrior Wrestling in Chicago. Yeah. Did, did you sit there and see how classy they are? They they had advertised uh, Briscoe's Lucha Brothers. Oh, really? But then they got talks with uh, Impact and AEW, and instead of them facing each other, out of respect, they're going to be in separate matches now. Wow. I did not know that. I did not know that, but I like that. Uh, Warrior Wrestling up in the uh, South Bend, Indiana, I want to say near Chicago. Uh, The promotion's actually run by a high school principal. And the story behind that one was... Uh, they wanted to bring in a fundraiser for the high school. I forget what the fundraiser was for, but he put all this work together to get the show together, and it was successful, and they did another one to raise money. I don't know what it was for, uh, but then all of a sudden, he decided to become a promoter in wrestling, and it was like, whoa, how cool is that? So that's kind of his uh, his way into wrestling, I found out. I-, I wanted to find this other cosplay person that I know is on res- is in wrestling, are you from? Are you fans with other cosplay people in uh, on Twitter? 
Yeah, uh, Brittany Sacco is. Big. Yes, that's yes. the girl. Yeah, she did an amazing. Uh, Shawn Michaels. Yeah, Shawn Michaels for WrestleMania. That's I got to actually meet her in person um, for for that one. So it was really awesome to see the craftsmanship. She's very very talented in what she does. Who who um, was the one that did the China one not too oh, long ago? She's from the UK, I believe. Yes. Um, a, uh, I forgot her name. I'm I'm follow her, but she's like a fit. She's a fitness model. Yeah. Um, but she did an amazing job. Um, when I saw her, it's just spitting image. Um, and then a, a newer friend of mine. Um, and um, and a Ashley Ann cosplay. Uh, she just did a Cody Rhodes one recently. She's working on a Danhausen. So there, there's some really awesome wrestling cosplayers out there. Um, so it's been really great to be able to connect to that side of the community. Um, but yeah, it's just a lot of wonderful people. I know that they can say that the wrestling community can sometimes be negative, but everybody that I've interacted with has just been so supportive and so um, open to, to just sharing their what they love about wrestling and allowing me to, to learn from them too. So I've, I'm very grateful for the wrestling community that I've been a part of. You know what? A really quick Ooh, uh question here. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead, but carry on. Uh, if 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 uh, if any of us wanted to cosplay, you are not bringing up that furry stuff. And I had a feeling you were going into that. I was a mascot on many different levels, and I had a Scooby Doo outfit. And all of a sudden, this whole joke went online that I was sure a furry. Really wasn't sure what that was. Then I looked into it, and I was horrified to find out what a furry really is not to say anything's wrong with that if that's your lifestyle that's yeah. cool i'm not a furry um but my question is if any the three of us wanted to cosplay what do you think we should do for a Ooh. character so i'm gonna put this i'm gonna put the screen on the ass man <laughs> take, take a look at him and tell me casey when nope. you look at christopher butt right there with that luscious beard that beautiful brown hair and those glasses. When we think of pro wrestling, what character would work the best for him? Give me Brody King. I'm he's awesome. He's such Whoa. a great wrestler. I could see a bro uh -huh. I could, a Brody King would be great for you. You could do the you, whole horns do, and oh I like yeah, Brody King. It'd be cool. I could deal with that one. You got the and you got the beard going already. He does. Yeah, He's a very true. luscious beard. It's a very nice beard. Get it really close to the camera. Yeah, get it close. Right lean in there. Lean in there. Oh, look at that. Look at that. Nice. You, you use beard oil as well, bud? Beard oil and beard balm. Nice. All right. Let's let's go over to this guy. Now, why is the correct answer kimchi uh, for this one? Why is the correct answer kimchi? Um, I think it would be perfect. That's just me. That's just my opinion. Um all right, all kidding aside. Hey, hey, calm down over there, Paul Barrow. <laughs> whoa, whoa, time Paul out. Uh, Holy I love Liz. Paul. I love Paul Barrow. Yes, that is terrible. Oh, you yeah. are, you are, you are waiting for that one, weren't you? Well, you I, I, I was waiting for Bastion Booger, but I, I wasn't sure if she would get that reference. I don't think I know oh. that. I was like, I don't think I know Kate's that one. Never search for Google that. it. That's oh, a terrible no. thing. Please, right now. Else. Bastion, boy, that is Remind me to Google it. Mm. Well, All right, so will. what do we think? What do we think the Ritzter could be? Let's get the camera on. Uh, this and, and, and Honestly, and there's, my... there's only two answers. An episode of The Catch a Predator. <laughs> Stop. 
What do we got? Honestly, my first impression with you, I, I was like, you have a strong resemblance to Braun Strowman. You really do. She got the answer. I was going to say, like, it's, it's the, just don't do red pants, Braun Strowman. I was not doing oh. those red pants this fast. <laughs> I was like, no, sir. Uh, uh, I have gotten Braun Strowman. Yeah. And I've also got Johnny Hungy. Oh, I love. Oh, that would be a good one. Oh. You, you could. You should I do the Johnny that. Hungy. That would be such a good one. But yeah, no, I I, I definitely see the Braun Strowman re- resemblance. So we got Braun Strowman, we got Brody King, and all of a sudden, what? This Ooh. is somehow. This is somehow Paul Bear. You bastard! No, I, I swear. I tell you what. I think you have more of the suave. Oh, yes. You have a bowling shirt because I feel like you could be like QT Marshall. <laughs> I, I have I have a QT Marshall feel for you. Very cool, casual vibe. Okay, I'll go with it. Oh, I love QT Marshall. He's no, great. It's okay. I'll, I'll I'll go with QT. At least it's not. <laughs> don't you ever, Casey, look up Ashton Booger. Never. I'm telling you right now. It's just Is like Bloody bad? Mary. You never look in the no, mirror and say great. that during Halloween. One of us will send you a picture. No, no. In fact, like we go for it. Please because send it in the group chat. <laughs> we want this person to be a friend of ours. Oh, my gosh. Guys, we have had so much fun. We want to thank everyone who's coming to the chat. Also, if you're listening to this on the digital download that's happening each and every Friday, remember the Front Row Material brand has a daily podcast called Headlines. We cover all the major wrestling headlines each and every week. We also have a show called Overbooked where we read a current wrestling book and we go chapter by chapter and we chronicle it for you just in case there is no audio version of that. So we're going in and finishing the Sabu book right now. I know there's been a few gaps along the way, but we do appreciate you sticking with us with all that. And the Front Row Material brand, this is not what I expected. The Front Row Material brand, which we have the panel, which is each and every Tuesday night. I'm looking right into the camera right now. I am not paying attention to the screen. This is... You're not going to take my mojo away. <laughs> also, we're brought to you by the Front Row Material <laughs> brand and the MLW Radio Network is where you can catch all of our shows as well. Um, I was going to go into the plugorama here, but this is why. <laughs> See, oh, wow, you are a horrible friend. You are a terrible human being. I have pizza. Well, now I know. Now I've seen. Can't unsee. You cannot unsee that. One hundred percent. All right. With that being said, oh we we've my. hit the two hour mark. I'm gonna go, and it's plugomania time. Let's go to the ass man first. Butster, tell us everything that's going on with you. Where can people find you and follow you on social media? Uh, on Twitter at gotnoof two two nine one. I'm on Facebook, uh, Chris Butt. Uh, my little uh, woodworking toy making business is on Facebook. Uh, CB79 Wooden Toy Maker. Nice. Very cool. And the, and the wood shop stuff's going well? It's going very well. I uh, have a show coming up in December, hopefully, at a big brewery we have here. Nice. They do a Christmas market. I'm hoping to get in there and see what I can do. I'm working on some toys for the school my wife works at right now and a couple of small projects. Good for how's, you. How's the hand going? Hands good. Just about healed up. Not a lot of feeling, but it's still there. It's still there. Well, once again, we're glad you're healing well. We're glad that the toy shop is doing well. Remember, we have what's 
five more months till Christmas, roughly. What? Is it five months? No. You I don't know. I can't math. count. Do you freeze? <laughs> the look on everyone's face when I say five months to here. Christmas, you <laughs> all look like I told you that Santa wasn't real. You're like, what? And you teach kids? <laughs> oh, hold on. September to October, October, November. Okay, three, fine, fine. Three, there we three. go. I was off by 60 days, which so, is not a heck of a lot. That's now, not now it's, no, now no. it's Christmas in February. Okay. All right. All right. All right. All right. All right, all right. Fine. 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 You made your Christmas point. on February 25th. Not a bad deal. I'll take all gifts because that is my birthday. How about that? How about that? See, Freeland still hasn't sent me one, but you know. I, that's not it. Well, you know what? You live in a foreign country. <laughs> you don't understand how things work. I mean, I don't know how things happen. You got like wild elk running everywhere. Um, for, for a couple free, hours north of here, we do. Freeland sits there and thinks that only gifts come out of Canada, not go in them. <laughs> yeah. He, he thinks mail only goes south, doesn't go north. <laughs> this, is, this is not good. So, guys, please follow uh, the butt on his Facebook account as well. Follow him on Twitter as well. And you know what, butt? I think it'd be really cool is if you could maybe get some images and some things for some toys and whatnot, and we can go ahead and promote those as well. Yeah, I can work on that for sure. Absolutely, definitely. Let the world know what you're doing because you are a very talented man, and uh, the world needs more people like you. So, we are thankful you were here again this week. I thank you, my friend. Thank you. Appreciate it. Let's go and let's throw it over here to uh, Hungy Roman or Johnny Johnny <laughs> Stroman or whatever you want to call yourself, I, dude. I am seriously, I am, I got heat with you now. Not only did you say it, but you actually threw not one picture up, but multiple. Terrible. Okay, tell everyone where they can find you. Like well, anyone's gonna look. Don't worry about finding me. On the audio version, if you really want to see it. Just sit there and go over to twitch.tv forward slash FRM pod. That's where you can watch the highlights. You can watch go the replay. all the way to about the two hour mark and just have a couple of oh, laughs with us. No. That's it. Really? <laughs> yep. But but the the person with all the talent will be next. Very much so. Let's go ahead and let's throw it over to our star of the night. Clap it up, everybody, for Casey. <laughs> Where you. can people find you, follow you, all that kind of stuff, and get in contact with you if they have questions about wrestling, about cosplay, about anything? The floor is yours. Yes. Um, so you can follow all of my wrestling cosplay progress. I like to post lots of little progress photos of, of the cosplays that I'm working on. You can follow me on Over the Moon Salt on Instagram and on TikTok. I like to put a couple of videos that tie in with the cosplay that I'm working with. And if you want to follow me on Twitter, I, I kind of post on there. I really try to share more of my friends' posts um, in the wrestling community at OT Moon Salt. Um, and I sometimes put some progress photos on there as well but yes follow me for lots of wrestling cosplay content that is exciting as always guys we are so thankful that you guys came and listened to us remember we are a weekly downloaded podcast each and every friday brought to you by the mlw radio network you can find us anywhere fine podcasts are made available as well for the butt for the rich for casey my name is mike freeland it's been fun it's been real ritster get ready to hit the button it's been real fun. We'll catch you guys next week on Front Row Material.
My name is Mike Freeland, and if you're looking for an exciting wrestling podcast to add to your library, then look no further than the Front Row Material brand. Each and every week, I sit down with some of the most exciting superstars in the world of wrestling, from upcoming stars in the indies to dedicated veterans of the squared circle. I also host a daily podcast called Headlines, which gives you the updated information on all your favorite superstars in all your favorite promotions, giving you not only the backstage look, but also what are the industry experts saying about things. And finally, join myself and my executive producer, The Rit, where we talk about everything in the world of professional wrestling all across the landscape, from storylines to interviews to what's happening and what we think is going to be happening the next time you turn on your TV. Don't miss it. It's the Front Row Material brand brought to you by the MLW Radio Network. The world of MLW.